0: you're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional but pot is not broadcasting from FEMA region 7 it's bowl after bowl with your hosts Lorian and spencer she wasn't
1: wearing anything oh man jesus christ why don't you put some
2: goddamn clothes on
1: there's nothing stronger than having it be done in
2: front of a crowd.
1: Um dadotated a wham to a server. Dad-dadotated dad, a wham. dad a dad, wham.
3: It is on, folks. It is on. It is on.
1: Listen to you. Do you know how bad you sound?
3: Yes. This is bait.
1: Oh yeah, fully aware, but just don't care. I'm coming to you again from the East Coast Garage Loft, way over there in Massachusetts. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City.
4: And I'm Dame DeLorean. And uh, checking the
1: calendar, it is August 22nd, 2023. This year is episode 264 of Bull After Bull. And uh, you're along for the ride. (laughs) Buckle up. Whether you know what's going on or not, whether I know what's going on or not, does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I am so sure that my feet are going to hurt like hell uh, by the time this thing is over, though. That's for sure.
4: Why are you standing?
1: I'm just standing. I don't know. I don't know.
4: You got ants in your pants? I
1: got a lot going on. Got a lot (laughs) going on. We are on the road in a road setup in a less than ideal situation. The node is kind of working, kind of not working. If your name is Harvhat, you can really work wonders with my node. It's true. Uh, Other than that, though, I'm not so sure what is coming through and what is not coming through. Um, What I have done for right now is I've just set the uh, value tag mostly to Albi for my share, except for a 1% split to the node for monitoring purposes, so that you know, just in case the helipad wants to come through and the chat wants to come through and the goddamn thing wants to work, it can... But then uh, on the boosts so that it doesn't work, I'm not giving away the farm on uh, on your boosts.
4: Yeah, gotta receive those Sats. The value payments coming yes. in.
1: I just don't uh, I don't want to value block you bowlers out there. That's the logic behind the uh, move there.
4: Should we talk about the last end of show miracle now, or wait till a later segment?
1: Ah, uh, it's on my notes. It's on my notes for the shit stain. Okay, Uh, Because we had a lot to recap We've been very busy
4: We've been a lot of places
1: Since we last spoke (laughs) Last Tuesday Um, Time is, you know If you really want to talk about The significance of the passage of time Boy, it's really been significant
4: And passing
1: I'm so discombobulated Reality is really uh, Playing all kinds of tricks on me now Same I almost feel, you know, like, since I'm standing in the same spot as we were last Tuesday, it feels like the same day, almost. Yeah. As the last Tuesday, all of a sudden. It's a bit weird. I'm not gonna lie to you. Let's Road life. If, uh, Since we last spoke, we've been to the world's greatest arcade. We've been to two theme parks. We've been to, like, five thrift stores and six antique shops and uh, two different hotels and... Uh, all kinds of stuff. Where do we even start? Great recap. I suppose, well, that's all. Moving right <laughs> along. Moving right along. I suppose we should start at uh, Fun Spot.
4: Well, before that, I just want to say, last week on Wednesday, we accidentally found ourselves at a wonderful little beach, and we had a great time. We were looking for a rooftop carrier for the car, and decided to just willy-nilly drive down to a spot on the Cape without calling to see if they had any. And of course they didn't, (laughs) but then you're
1: talking about like a a rooftop luggage rack for for the car. Yeah. And yeah, they didn't have any.
4: So then we saw a sign for monument beach, which I had been to when I was really little and we figured, yeah, well our kids loved the beach. It's an experience we don't have in Missouri. You know, lake beach, but not the oceanfront beach. So we went there, and man, that beach has everything. It's got a playground, it's got seashells, it's got lots of seagulls, all the stuff that the kids wanted to see. Yeah. Water was pretty nice. People were all real friendly.
1: Or shoe crab carcass. Oh, yeah. Oysters.
4: Oysters, yeah.
1: And like six or seven oysters, something like that.
4: Yep, and you shucked them. And I sucked them. And the kids tried oyster too. Yeah, because we got enough. It was a, a very bountiful beach, my friends. No doubt, they were tasty oysters. Also, they
1: were they were great. They were fresh. We didn't get any kind of weird uh, nerve poisoning or anything.
4: <laughs> yeah, we're still here. It's crazy. The seventy-two hours have passed. <laughs> uh, but that was kind of a take-it-easy day. Because we had to recuperate from the last bowl, the time change is horrible.
1: Doing these things from Eastern Time Zone is just awful.
4: It's so late.
1: I don't know how Nick the Rat does it.
4: It's so late. The start. It feels late. The everything. It's just late. You're not even in bed at four twenty in the morning. Still got production stuff to do. It's just crazy.
1: It's pretty nuts.
4: So yeah, we had to recuperate.
1: I mean, it's just one hour, but that hour is everything because of where the hour lands, I think, you know?
4: Yeah. Had dinner with my Nana that night, which is awesome. I'm really grateful that four of my children have gotten to meet their great-great-grandma. Like that's so special to me.
1: It's pretty excellent.
4: And anyways... We were getting prepared for Thursday when we started the long trek to New Hampshire to recreate my childhood vacations.
1: Yeah, that was pretty much the goal of this whole trip, right? Is to impart your summer childhood vacation into our children. Yeah. Pretty much give them a taste.
4: Yep, specifically for our oldest uh, birthday.
1: Which was Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. And we started the whole thing off uh, stopping at Fun Spot on the way. And now here I am at Fun Spot, busting my ass.
4: And you really busted your ass. We
1: busted some ass.
4: You hit a jackpot within 33 minutes of being there.
1: Not even. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably like 25 minutes, honestly.
4: I feel like it was the first arcade game you touched. You just like dropped a token in and we're like, "Woo!" (laughs) I looked over, I'm like, what's going on?
1: Yeah. Well, it's a it's a interesting arcade cuz there's three floors to the thing first of all. And the very top floor they've got a classic arcade museum. It's got all of the 70s and 80s stuff. And then uh a lot of the games throughout all three floors are ticket games where you win tickets for shitty prizes. Yes. But not all of them are this way. Some of them are just purely for entertainment. There's a lot of pinball, which doesn't give you tickets. None of the classic arcade games give you tickets. And we're talking things like all of the Pac-Mans, all of the Donkey Kongs, Frogger, Tapper, all the classic old stuff. Moon Patrol. All
4: those racing games.
1: Space Invaders. Rally X. Yeah. All the stuff. All the stuff. If you can think of it, Then, yeah, they've got that one, too. we have never heard it, they might have it.
4: Yeah, like that one cabinet they had where they only made three to five of them. It was like a demo game called Mystic Forest or something along those lines. It was all uh, boxed up in like a glass display case. They didn't like to play it.
1: There were a few like that. There were just museum pieces, essentially. Crazy. But it's actually kind of mind-blowing the amount of games you can play that are in full working order that are from that era.
4: Yeah. They always have the Hercules pinball in working order, which is fun to play. Mm -hmm. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, the
1: Hercules pinball machine, it's like, it's funny because it's bigger than a normal pinball machine. It's like uh, the pinball is the size of a cue ball. Yeah. (laughs) That you'd play billiards with. Oh, it's just a huge table. That's the gimmick. It's like the whole thing's big. Um, that was grand. Everybody, I think, hit a jackpot at some point. You're shaking your head because you didn't, right? I did
4: not hit a jackpot.
1: Almost everybody.
4: <laughs> I had a great time, though.
1: Yeah, the girls each hit jackpots on the little drop the balls thing.
4: Oh, cool. The Oh, that's right. That was a favorite of mine for ticket-giving games. Mm-hmm. You put in your coins you time it so that this ball falls down to bounce into a hole on it's, a spinning floor. It's
1: like a blue racket ball. They've got racket balls in there, essentially. And then depending on what hole it falls in, you get a numbered ticket payout, or you can get one that drops bonus balls in there, or you can hit the jackpot, which, uh, not damn, they hit the jackpot on one of them.
4: Yeah, it was like our oldest first shot. She just hit the button, and it went foom, right into the jackpot hole.
1: Crazy. Yep. So what? We ended up cashing those in for like... Oh uh, my gosh. Some mainly Fun Spot merch. With tickets, like, they always have the generic dumb shit that like you can just get at any place. Yeah. Plushes. Puzzles. Our
4: girls were both like, I want the cat stuffed animal. Plastic
1: dinosaurs, you know.
4: I was like, I will buy you a cat stuffed animal somewhere else. Like,
1: fuck, we can get this at any dollar general. Yeah. But then there are fun spot merch kind of things.
4: And that's what we want.
1: Yeah. It's like, I want to get something that you can only get here while you're here for my tickets. Yep. Uh, so once that wrapped up, we went to our first hotel,
4: which was still about an hour and a half away. Yes. Yeah. It was like a three hour drive altogether from Mass, from the South Shore.
1: Yeah. That arcade was a good halfway break. Yeah. In the drive.
4: What were your first impressions when we got to the hotel? This was in um, Jefferson, New Hampshire, Northern New Hampshire.:
1: Uh, well, the very first thing I was like, uh, all discombobulated because you had made the reservations, and
4: Oh, I forgot. I about thought everything this.
1: was prepaid, and you were where you always are, which is with your boob in the baby's mouth.
4: Yeah, in the middle seat of our car.
1: And you can see, like, literally every picture of our vacation. Ugh. You've got the boob in the baby's mouth.
4: He's teething, and I would rather have a boob in his mouth than listen to him cry. That's the point I'm at right now.
1: And then uh, your grandparents had the dog, and so there's this whole: is it a dog-friendly room? Is it not? All, you know, all these things that had been taken care of in months in advance needed to be rehashed out. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know. My impression of the hotel is kind of run in the mill, I suppose. Yeah. Very uh similar to any kind of uh budget discount hotel that you might get, right? Mm
4: hmm.
1: There was uh indoor pool
4: discount. It's not a motel.
1: They had an indoor pool. Uh no. thank goodness.
4: They had hot breakfast. Yeah. Thank goodness.
1: But I don't know. It was weird because they did have a crazy phone system.
4: Yeah, that's what I was just going to bring up, (laughs) the phone issue.
1: I'm old school, so I like a wake-up call, right? So I like (laughs) to call the front desk, and I like to say, hey, ring my phone at this time, whatever. We pick 730, right? Because you want to get there.
4: I wanted to get to the theme park, Santa's Village, at opening.
1: Just at the ass crack of opening. 930 You want to stand in line for a little bit until they let you in.
4: yeah. I want to be the first
1: person in the park. You even made some (laughs) comment of like, oh, and sometimes they let you in early, to which I was like, no, no, they don't. (laughs) Whatever. They don't let you in early. And they didn't. But, uh.
4: No, but we were in there at 930. (laughs) I call
1: and I'm like, uh, can I get a wake up call? And the guy's like, that's like, I don't even, he's like, he acts like he doesn't even know what I'm talking about. I'm like a wake up call, you know, like a wake up call. It's a pretty standard in a hotel, in my experience at least. I know it's probably used to be a little more common. And yeah, you got an alarm clock in your room, and also each of our phones have an alarm clock. But like I said, it's a, a hotel experience is old school. I like the fucking phone ringing. It there's an there's an extra sense of accountability when there's a, somebody else on the other end of the line like calling you and you got to pick it up and go.
4: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, accountability. That's oh, a good word for.
1: Oh, it. Oh. You know, you got to pick up the phone in response, and then you have to, like, say words to another person. I like that additional aspect. It's a little bit harder to, like, hit snooze, roll over, and blow it off. Definitely. And then once you have to do that mental talk to somebody, even something simple of, like, oh, yeah, thank you, and hang up, your brain is going, right? At least mine does. That's just how my brain works. So he writes it down. He's like, but what time? You know, so he's like 7.30 a.m. No wake-up call the next morning. But (laughs) the phone did ring a few different times. And so I'm like answering it, hello? And I get people like asking me weird hotel questions. This one guy's like, yeah, I'm in room 202, and uh, I want to extend my stay. I just got this room last night. I want to try and stay in the same room. Is that possible? And I was like. I have no idea. This is room 205. (laughs) So I was like, you know, you, you just dial zero to get the front desk. And he's like, oh, I dialed zero. And this is where it came to. And I was like, oh, that's very
4: weird. Sorry. And it kept happening. It kept
1: happening. And then I just, like, ran out of patience with it. Like, I'm not the switchboard operator. So I pick up and hang up, pick up and hang up. I just eventually pulled the plug out, which I should have done pretty early on. But I just pulled the plug out of the back of the phone. None of this, by the way, is the wake-up call. Right. All of this is happening after the wake-up call. Luckily, I think you had like three alarms set.
4: Yeah. But it didn't
1: even matter because you were up (laughs) before the sun.
4: I couldn't sleep. Like
1: a small child.
4: It was just like
1: december 24th
4: <laughs> being three years old on christmas morning i couldn't sleep <laughs> i just kept waking up i would sleep for like 20 minutes and then be wide awake and 20 minutes and be wide awake finally at 5 30 in the morning i just said fuck it i'm up i'm just not doing this anymore sometimes it's more painful to go back to sleep and have to wake up again and my mind was awake so i went and took a shower to wake up my body and I uh, got things ready, organized the suitcase, went and got some coffee. Uh, came back, yeah, just all sorts. of That was all over the place.
1: For me, that was really the moment where I realized, like, how jacked you were about this entire thing,
4: <laughs> specifically Santa's Village.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because for me, I I was like, all right, all right, it's a theme park you go to when you're a kid growing up. Like, all right, you know, like it's fun for nostalgia reasons. But how cool, how awesome, how unique can it really be? Like, are we really jumping up and down? Uh, what's going on?
4: Yeah, and I understand it's a holiday theme park. But we had watched a documentary at one point in time, you and I, about uh, men who play Santa Claus, you know, for all sorts of different places. And in this documentary, it talked about how holiday-themed theme parks don't do very well. They don't really stand the test of time. But Santa's Village in New Hampshire has. It's been there for 70 years, so there's got to be something that makes it special. And I knew that no amount of telling you how awesome it was or how much I loved it and all the things I remember that made it exciting and fun to me as a kid would do it for you. Until you saw it yourself.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. And
4: experienced it.
1: You're right about that. It ended up being pretty sick. Now, we anticipated pretty much being washed out of most of it. The weather forecast was dog shit.
4: Oh, yeah. It It was was supposed supposed to be thunderstorms.
1: It was supposed to be starting to rain within the first half hour of the uh, park opening, And then it was supposed to roll into like thunderstorms by the afternoon, like thunderbolt of lightning. very Very frightening.
4: It was going to get worse throughout the day.
1: And you said there's certain things they shut down during the rain, and then there's certain things they shut down when there's lightning. Yes. So we were going to try and just get as much done right when we got there as possible. Of course, everybody else seeing the forecast called in and switched their tickets.
4: Yeah, they rescheduled for the next day or so.
1: And then a lot more people, I'm sure, did that once they got there. It was like a little sprinkling and then a full downpour a couple times.
4: Yeah. I do want to mention that that wake-up call did come in (laughs) after we ate breakfast at 8.30 a.m., 8.34. (laughs) They called your cell phone. (laughs) Oh, that's right. They called my cell phone. (laughs) Yeah, and it was, I just got the feeling that whoever came in for their morning shift at the front desk saw a note that said, like, wake-up call to room 205. And they were like, oh, shit, I guess this maybe didn't happen since the sticky note is still here.
1: And then when they called the room, because we were eating breakfast, so when they called the room multiple times and didn't get anybody, they called your cell maybe. Maybe. Who knows?
4: It was messed up, the phone situation. It was goofy as shit. (laughs)
1: Um, uh, But yeah, Santa's Village.
4: We got there at opening.
1: Yeah, we got there before opening.
4: Yeah, but only, you know, by the time we got our bags packed, sweatshirts on, prepared for the wind and cold, and then got to the line, it was maybe ten minutes before opening.
1: Something like that, yeah.
4: And they had some elves and Princess of the Lollipop Forest looking girl from uh, Candyland singing and dancing and they measured you know not measured yeah i guess measured the kids up front with with a big candy cane ruler and gave them colored bracelets which designated what rides they could or could not ride with or without an adult
1: that part was pretty nice actually i like that because it uh it just gave you the full idea up front of like What zone your kid is. So you don't have to measure them for every ride, you know? Yeah,
4: that was awesome.
1: Like we got a blue and a yellow here.
4: Yeah. And then poor John in the red of toddler rides mm, only.
1: He's too, you know, he can't ride much. (laughs) He's old enough to understand and see the rides and comprehend what they are and want to go on them, but not old enough to go on any of them.
4: Just not tall enough.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Or at least any with any kind of height requirement whatsoever. Yeah. You know, there was still plenty of stuff for him to do, though. That that part was cool. Yeah. The little mixie ride, pixie mixer, whatever they called it.
4: Yeah, they had tons of toddler rides. Yeah. Because it's Santa's Village. Mm -hmm. So it's geared towards younger kids. But really, anyone who's a child at heart can have fun there.
1: First thing that we did was this elf university, right, where you get a punch (laughs) card... With a Christmas tree layout of the alphabet. And then there's corresponding elves throughout the park. You gotta find all 26 elves and punch your card.
4: That's right. Each elf has a name tag on them. And their names start with every letter of the alphabet. So that's how you know which letter you're gonna get. A great scavenger hunt.
1: Luckily, they've all got them laid out on the map, too, which was nice.
4: That is a very nice addition that didn't used to be there.
1: Cause uh they do have they do have a big um book. Well it's you know, it's like a statue of a book or whatever, I don't know what you'd call it. An info display. It's a big book and it has a hint of all the letters. It has all the letters written out and like a hint of where they are in the park. Next to which ride and things like that. So probably you had only that to go off of originally when you were going as a little yes. girl. Yes.
4: That's correct, and so you would be getting towards the end of the day and have all but one letter punched out on your alphabet card, and your chaperone would be cussing out. I'm (coughs) coming, dang Nabbit! I can't imagine
1: (laughs) from because (laughs) my patience was tested so many motherfucking times (laughs) over the past week. Oh my god! It's funny because. uh, I've never, ever, ever felt, like, taxed or overwhelmed or anything by the kids. Ever. I always think that parents who express that are, like, huge fucking pussies, right? Yeah. But between the fun spot and the two theme parks, I felt that stress kind of for, like, the first real time. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, there's always times where I'm like, hey, stop doing this. Do this. Well, let's go, you know? This is the first time where I was like, wow, that was work.
4: See, I didn't feel that way at all, but at the hairball concert, I did.
1: It's interesting. Yeah, I didn't feel that way at And you didn't feel that
4: way at heart, hairball.
1: <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll throw them up on my shoulders. Let's go. We'll switch them around. Let's pick them up. Ah, oh, that's fun. It's interesting. That's why there's two of us, though.
4: Exactly. Now, Santa's Village has got to be the cleanest theme park ever. It was super clean. They have trash cans everywhere, and the trash cans are penguins, and they have lids in top hat form, so you have to lift the penguin's top hat to put the trash in. So cool. It makes all of the kids want to throw trash out. I mean, our oldest, she found one piece of trash on the ground and immediately picked it up to throw it out just so she could open the top hat penguin trash can. Yeah. That's smart. Very smart. And on brand. I also want to mention that the theme park is fourth generation family owned and operated.
1: 70 years of it, yeah. That was pretty crazy, actually. Which
4: really adds to the magic because you can just feel the love and pride that's put into it.
1: Yeah, I definitely, by the end of it, was starting to get it. I was like, ah, this is pretty special. This place is pretty (laughs) special, what they've got going on here. yeah. Um, I was
4: glad that you find you got to see it and live and experience it So it wasn't just me saying, oh, yeah, there's this theme park in New Hampshire about Santa Claus, you know Because that does sound kind of stupid It's special, man Special
1: It was special, most de- uh, definitely And uh, I don't know, just everything about it, even down to like the weather and how that went down, like Everyone else switched their oh. tickets to the next day. The park averages 4,000 people in a day, and like, what was the count that day? There were
4: 1,200 like, people water. that day. So 65% less people there. There were no lines, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Anything you wanted to do, you could do right away. There was a whole water park, and by like 1 o'clock, one thirty. Everything had cleared out totally and the sun was out and it was like
4: It was a hot summer day with the sun out.
1: It was so nice. It was like mid seventies, full sunshine, and we're just zooming down water slides by the end of it.
4: Yeah, which was awesome.
1: Like not that wasn't supposed to happen.
4: Exactly. But you know. Papa
1: was pulling a few strings there. Another yep. thing too is the did just being up in the mountains in New Hampshire. I'm sure that uh People out in Colorado will recognize the same weather patterns. When you're up in the mountains and storms roll through, it just depends on what little pocket you are and how the storms move. But, like, if the storm moves across a mountain, the mountain just scrapes all that moisture right out of the sky. And on the other side of the mountain, nothing's going to happen. It's crazy. And so you might have this big-ass thunderhead come through, and then as soon as it hits that mountain... It just dumps all of its rain. The rain runs down the mountain. And then by the time the cloud gets to the other side, there's not much left of it at all. So I think that a lot of it was just, you know, isolated pockets of thunderstorms all around us. But we were lucky enough to be in a little spot that didn't really get much of it at all. And we kind of could see that, too, as we left the park. It had been, you know, sunny for the last three or four hours. And then there were just pockets of road that were totally wet still. And then there was dry, you know spots that had completely dried up. I don't know. It was, it was kind of spotty.
4: I'm thankful we didn't reschedule our tickets. I will say that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I even uh, talked to a, a, a mom in the hot tub later on that had said that they rescheduled their stuff.
4: Yeah, and at breakfast the next morning, it was all a bunch of people getting ready to go to the park. <laughs> yeah, everybody was in
1: a big hurry, and we were just relaxed. Like, yeah, we already did our thing.
4: Yeah, just got to check out.
1: Check out at 11 and uh, move on to the next thing. I was uh, really into the, the pool stuff. We got uh, big inflatable rings for the kids to like float and swim on, rubber duckies, and uh, yeah, unicorn. At the some dollar general type store, I don't remember. Yeah. Family dollar, general dollar, some dollar store. One shop. of them. Yeah, I don't know. The friggin' one of them had a hole in it right out of the package, though. Mm. So three kids, one ring for the first night, because they only got two. Next day, they let us swap that one out, and then I got a, another one so that everyone had their own ring for the next hotel, because, like...
4: Wicked smart.
1: It was, just, it was just a pain in my ass to have to have them fight and take turns over the over the one floaty yeah yeah so they uh,
4: all loved the water being in the pool going to the water park before
1: they were all scared at first and then we're just kind of you know you force them to okay i'm holding on i'm holding on i'm still holding on and then you're not holding on but you're like i've got it i've got you
2: (laughs) yeah and then you're you're like okay turn
1: around and you're like you know Ten feet away and they're like, Oh, I was doing it on my own. I guess that's fine. You know? They just confront uh confront the 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 situation.
4: Yeah, like riding a bike.
1: Bit like that. Yeah.
4: I'm speaking out my ass on those two <laughs> things
1: though. So. <laughs> Someday you'll know how to do both.
4: Uh so anyway, the next day we got dragged to some antique stores.
1: Yeah, including one where they had a huge collection of uh, trains, like electric trains, like the miniature train sets.
4: Oh, that was so special.
1: Guy only... Uh, so there was one like disabled Navy vet yep, who had an enormous collection of electric trains, and uh, he's just been setting them up and setting up this electric train world in the top loft of this antique store. And, you know, they they make a loud racket clickety-clack while they're running, but I guess they only allow them to run them on Saturdays from noon to three. So, like, three hours, one day a week.
4: Yeah, and we just happened to be there in and that time frame.
1: Luckily, at, like, 2.30, the dude came downstairs and was like, have you seen the trains upstairs yet? Because, I don't know, I would have wandered around until they were done running them. Yeah. It was another half hour. You know, he only had a half hour left to run on the train. So he like goes down and it's like, Hey, have you seen the trains yet? You might want to check them out. You know, they're only running for another 30 minutes. And I'm glad we did that. He had all kinds of trains. I've only seen a couple of train displays like on par with that. And I would say uh, like the one at union station in Kansas city is definitely is, is on par there. Although he probably had older stuff.
4: Yeah, because his hobby is restoring vintage toys. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the even train cars in there, there was one that was carrying tropical fish and it was lit inside and had a screen that was circling around so it looked like the fish were swimming. And there was another one with turtles like that. Yeah, and he uh, restored all those pieces and put them together to make something really special and magical. I love that.
1: It was very cool. Very cool to see. Uh, a couple other spots, I guess. Just, you know, your typical antique stuff. And then we checked in at the Green Granite, huh? Yes. That was the next thing. Um, I think you had mentioned this, but it, it, there was, like, things that were better about that and things that were worse about that. <laughs> yeah. I think the coffee was better.
4: They had one of those Starbucks automatic machines we have seen them because our dentist has one, which seems like a horrible place to have a coffee machine because you're going to have coffee breath and then go into the dentist. Fuck I guess em. they clean your mouth, yeah. but for a few minutes, they have to experience your horrible coffee breath.
1: Fuck them. <laughs> I got no sympathy so, for the dentist. I'm sorry.
4: The cool part about this is that it's operating 24 hours, so anytime you want coffee, you can just go downstairs and get some coffee. And the beans are good ground right when you hit the button that's pretty neat
1: it is cool it was a lot of tastier than the whatever bath water they were using to prove yeah, yeah. the shit uh, at the other place um
4: they had a little old nana behind the check-in though and it, it took us about 20 minutes just to get checked in
1: total lack of an elevator uh, Oh yeah that was very I had to strange hump our comically large suitcase up by hand uh, up the stairs, which is fine. Builds character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm.
4: Taxidermied animals, as one would expect in New Hampshire. Bears and moose.
1: Stuffed bears, stuffed moose. That was cool. Where you can
4: touch them. So, or, you know, if you're a child, where you can touch them.
1: <laughs> They're very low on supplies, man. Like pillows and uh, towels and such. They were kind of strapped for those.
4: Yeah. Womp womp.
1: But uh, whatever. I think it was still cool in general. And their pool was much warmer. Not from the pee, but from like if you felt the jets coming into the pool or like you could tell that with had their hot water heater going right in there somehow. So
4: And they had an outdoor pool.
1: They did also have an outdoor pool which was frigid as shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh the town I grew up in had just only an outdoor pool. So I had we did the summer swimming program since I was like eight. So every year, every summer. it always used to be the coldest shit, because it would start when school stopped, which was in May, you know? So you're getting into water, that would just turn your friggin' lips blue right away, like early morning practice, like 7.30 or something. Yeah. Jumping in the pool, it's cold as shit. Reminded me of that a lot. Oh, thanks. When you, like, get in, and in, like, 45 seconds, you can't feel your feet. (laughs) It's just so cold. Uh, But luckily we didn't swim that long there. Uh, the second park. The second park was...
4: We went on Rayla's sixth birthday mm-hmm. to Storyland.
1: Storyland. That which was the claims, birthday day.
4: Yeah, Storyland claims to be the best amusement park in New England.
1: It reminds me a little bit of the world's greatest coffee bit in uh, Elf, you know? It's like we put a sign on here saying we're the best.
4: Because we can.
1: Uh, the best, eh. Yeah.
4: Definitely not. I mean,
1: it was unfortunate <laughs> that Santa's Village came first. Yeah, in that whole uh, way. But I mean, San- that just made sense. uh um, on the map, it's the furthest north, and then we're working our way back toward uh, home base here. Yeah, just made sense. But after you go to Santa's Village and have that sort of a magical time. It's probably going to be hard to live up to.
4: <laughs> Santa's Village really exceeded your expectations.
1: It did. It did.
4: I could tell because your eyes watered at some point.
1: It impressed me. And I kind of got it. I was like, I, ca- I can see what you're doing now with this weekend, and I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, hopefully our kids will at least one day. I mean, I'm, they had fun, but they're not going to get it on a deeper level because they're kids, you know?
4: Yeah. <laughs> Storyland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit cheese ball. Well, uh, and
4: unfortunately, they had so many rides closed. There was a
1: lot of stuff closed. I will say the one thing Storyland had going for it was the train that actually doubled as transportation throughout the park. So there was like a stop by the exit gate, a stop in the center of the park, and a stop at, all the way back into the back of the park. So uh, Santa's Village had a train that you just rode around in a circle. <laughs> And then, you know, you got off at the same place you got on, and it's fun, and it's nice to just sit on your ass and have a little ride that everyone can ride, even the baby. Yeah. But it wasn't really a practical ride for any sense. So, with the train at Storyland, we rode it the whole loop, you know, and stopped at all three stops, and then got off where we got on. But then we used it later in the day to actually get to different places in the park, which was nice.
4: Definitely. There have been some serious budget cuts at Storyland, I believe. Seems like it. Because the pirate ride cut in half. But
1: you're like telling me all these things they used to do. Like, oh, they used to XYZ.
4: I was telling you how lame things were as we were going around and you could see visibly that they were lame, but I was like, "You know how lame this is? <laughs> Let me tell you about the 90s." Um, but there's a pretty the baby could do almost everything at Storyland. Pirate ride John, because you're just riding a boat around uh, Cinderella's carriage. We didn't even do that. The pumpkin carriage takes you up to Cinderella's castle or back down. So thrilling! Not <laughs> the baby could ride that safari ride.
1: Uh oh, this were is really where really my upset. qualms really came
4: because they had a classic safari ride, which I'm sure still exists at major million-dollar budget theme parks. Uh, but they decided that they had to get rid of <laughs> the uh, tribal animatronics, for lack of better terms, that made you feel like you were in Africa and replace them with dinosaurs. And to do that, they, expl- <laughs> I, they the way they worded it in this video and song that was playing over and over again as you waited in line was the most offensive part. And just said, oh, what happened to the safari? Well, now it's a rap tour instead of... It was the
1: lamest shit I've ever heard.
4: Yeah, and then they had a rap song with no backup beat or music at all. It was just a guy doing a shitty gopher voice. It was
1: like the late 70s type of like boomer rap, you know?
4: I can give you a taste.
1: My name is a gopher and I'm here to say you're at a park in the USA. That kind of shit.
4: You're going on a rap tour. A raptor. A, ra- a, ra- a, ra- a raptor. A raptor. Yeah. I said, this is more offensive than the spear chucker animatronics, oh, okay?
1: God. Maybe. It was. To you, it certainly was.
4: <laughs> it was indeed. I don't know who sits
1: on the, uh, the board. <laughs> the board of offensiveness, uh, handing out scores and shit, but uh, it was all pretty fucking cringe.
4: Incredibly cringe. It's
1: like a lose-lose there. The raptor versus the African safari, I don't know. Yeah,
4: where you gotta shoot a hippo that pops out of the river and stuff. The classic tropes of an African safari ride. Sure, oh yeah, you know. Monkeys going through mail. Bongo
1: Bongo Land or whatever. Uh, Yeah. yeah.
4: (laughs) Americana, (laughs) my man. Oh, Jesus. No more. Um, So... All these rides are for babies at Storyland. Um, We went on the Polar Express. Oh, I do want to mention about Santa's Village. They're getting rid of the classic Rudolph roller coaster. So it was important to me. I had no idea until about a month ago that this was being done away with uh, in September. So it was important to me that my kids got to see it and ride it before it was gone. All my kids except for Jonathan, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, But the girls really enjoyed that, and I think that's a great kids' roller coaster.
1: It is pretty great, and you do two loops on it, which isn't typical for coasters.
4: It's thrilling enough. Now, at Storyland, they have the Polar Express. Not thrilling at all. It just has sharp turns. Yeah. Rudy's roller coaster, whatever it's called, has a good drop and sharp turns and all the stuff you want.
1: Now, I'm always a sucker for Christmas, but there's something about New England that just has Christmas turned up to 11.
4: Oh, yeah.
1: And we went to the Christmas loft, which was honestly a bit mind-boggling. I'm still kind of figuring, trying to, like, <laughs> compartmentalize what exactly was going on here.
4: It's, it's hard to explain. Because it's a
1: Christmas store where you buy Christmas shit for your Christmas tree, and you can even buy Christmas trees, and you can buy whatever.
4: Year-round. Always available. Always
1: open year round. Just like the big chain that recently closed. Uh, whatever. No,
4: that's the Christmas shop.
1: That's the Christmas shop. Right. It is like that, is what I'm saying. I and don't the, think
4: they always had Christmas stuff at the Christmas shop, though. It was more of like. Oh, that place home is goods. more
1: of like a fucking Tuesday morning yes. or some shit, isn't it? Yeah. That always confuses me.
4: Me, too. Because it's
1: called the Christmas shop, and you go in there and it's like. I think. The regular bullshit shop or like the the. Big lot shop. The junk store. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh The Christmas loft. You walk in there, there's always got to be a fucking animatronic tree. I yeah. don't know what that's all about. There's always got to be a tree that talks to you. For me, that was FAO Schwartz. Okay. And that'd be like the only place you could go where a tree would talk to you. Here, every motherfucking place you go, there's a tree talking to you. What's going on?
4: Animatronics are cool as fuck.
1: Tree like opens its eyes and goes, Hey, and welcome to the place you're at now. Of course its
4: name is Stumpy.
1: My name's Stumpy. <laughs> I'm like, oh Stumpy, you look different from the last Stumpy I interacted with, who was also an animatronic tree. Uh also you're not a stump. Thank God, you're a tree. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. It's like a it's a it's a serious trope out here.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So you had the tree and the reindeer talking to you.
4: Oh, it was a, mo- a cow. Oh, it was a fucking cow. With a Santa hat on.
1: <laughs> you walk in and you're in this like weird half-size village where like, it's not a life-size replica of a village, but it's like half-size.
4: Uh-huh.
1: So like the doorways kind of come up to your chest.
4: Yeah, they're kid-sized.
1: There's a bunch of little statues around of people doing Christmas things, but they are like, they look like they made made in the 40s or 50s. They're, and like, they probably were. Way thrown back.
4: Yeah, and some are missing fingers and such.
1: Busted up. uh, And then you go into some of these little mini shop things, and then there's like Christmas merchandise. There's like ornaments and other bullshit decorations. Mm -hmm. The little Christmas towns that you can put together that are, you know, everywhere. They got those.
4: But they're going to have every piece to them. And they had Halloween towns, too.
1: It was pretty strange. We saw that in record time and then went to eat. That was nice.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I just had to show it to you. I spent
1: so much time hungry and then so much time too full. <laughs> that, yeah. was like, that was like my roller coaster ride over this past weekend.
4: Yeah, that makes sense. I feel that.
1: The cool thing about uh, the last place that we stayed was... The pool situation, I think, was slightly better, and the outdoor pool. But the bigger playground. Oh yeah. I did not show you or tell you this because I forgot it was a whirlwind. But there's a picture. Zoom in.
4: What the fuck am I looking
1: at? There's the as we were che- as I was checking out, and you were waiting in the car.
4: Oh. A chipmunk was
1: running through the lobby, man. Yes, a little chipmunk action. A
4: staple of New Hampshire stays. It's That's mo- good New Hampshire magic. Yeah,
1: you see a chipmunk inside, you know you're doing something right. That was fun spot for us last time we were up here.
4: Yep, and, and uh,
1: now it was green granite.
4: Harkens back to my childhood when once we stayed at the Storyland Resort Inn and there was a hole in the wall and chipmunk kept darting in and out and my papa just kept feeding it <laughs> yeah, so it was like go. our little pet for so the weekend so he's not going anywhere yeah yep and i loved that and i mean i was a kid as an adult i would still love that though i know a lot of people would be like oh that's disgusting <laughs> oh, a, a rodent in oh, my a room
1: <laughs> if it's a chipmunk we're cool <laughs> yeah a, a mouse is like oh, fuck just, off mouse a mouse
4: i'm going to stomp it
1: but the chipmunk, we can be friends.
4: Yeah, definitely.
1: Maybe that's racist, but whatever.
4: <laughs> Species is
1: a rat. As long as it's Nick the rat. Yeah. Or even if he's like, "Yo, I'm no Nick the rat. I'm cousins. Whatever. Maybe we can hang. Maybe. Maybe we'll,
4: we'll have a little taste of the three screams. Mm-hmm. Never know.
1: Never know. Never know. Conway was beautiful though. We like spent a long time in there got a Ooh, couple yeah. tarot decks uh, at one shop.
4: We did. We bought each other tarot decks.
1: As, uh, as we do sometimes. They're and then, stacking uh, up. Then we just slowly and leisurely made our way back.
4: Which was really nice. That's the way we like to take our vacations.
1: And I guess we got back yesterday, didn't we?
4: Yeah, I guess so. It's
1: kind of all a fucking blur.
4: Yep, and now yeah. we're just wrapping up, packing up. Preparing for the long drive home Thursday.
1: We did uh, hit a, a zoo today. It was like the last activity. Yeah. A zoo in Bliss Dairy, which we've done before. But it's a nice enough spot. That was pretty cool. Ice cream. Massachusetts things.
4: A theme of New England vacations with my family.
1: Oh, yeah. So anyway, that's a poor attempt to catch you up in less than an hour. We're already at the 49-minute mark, I suppose, that we should thank some bowlers. Definitely. For their steadfast support of the bowl uh, and all of the things they do and all of the uh, love that they send us. We are uh, streaming on Noster again, which we've been trying out the, oh, last, the last couple of weeks. So shout out to Memes1337, who's over there.
4: Memes.
1: He's over there hanging.
4: Everyone else is wondering what the fuck is going on.
1: Yeah, last week we got uh, we we were told that interacting with your audience is best for uh, live streaming. Who would have known? But that's what we're doing right now. We're thanking you, our audience, who we lovingly (laughs) referred to as the bowlers. And uh, there's a few different ways that you can interact with us. This is a value for value production, after all. And uh, what I'm saying, value for value. We put it out there week after week, bowl after bowl, even when we go on vacation. Yeah. We can scrape together a little bit of a, a mobile setup. And I really love how many uh, a Stream shows do that, by the way. Uh, the latest Rare Encounters that you can download. You can hear an awesome episode. Uh,
4: oh, the in-person?
1: Where, uh, yes, Abel, Kirby, With and Cold guests. Acid hung out at uh, Gen Con in person with, uh, Carolyn Blaney. It's a fantastic episode, a very fun time. So we try to keep the value going every week. That's the point. We throw it out there for you. Uh, and all that we ask is you evaluate it and determine what value you're getting out of it and return some of that in the form of stream Satoshis, in the form of, uh, PayPal, uh, Fiat Cuck Bucks, like you can send, um, there's lots of different ways to get involved, and we did have one bowler as of the last check, although I always like to refresh, because sometimes there's some last-minute stuff, and I never want to uh, leave that off, just in case.
4: No bowler left behind. No
1: bowler left behind. And yes, it looks like uh, the one PayPal that has come in was our good buddy, Mr. Sharky Shark. Sharky! That's uh, Sir Deutschbag. Uh, Sharky Shark, who sent in his 420 monthly donation, which we very much appreciate. Thank you. And uh, if you want to join in on that action, there's a donate button at the bottom of all of the bullafterbowl.com pages. So anywhere you happen to be on bowlafterbowl.com, just go to the very bottom. It's in there in the footer. Uh, but most of our bowlers like to get in with this uh, newfangled shit. We call it uh, streaming sats or boostagrams. And there's a nice little song that we like to play. As we roll into the boostergram donations, it goes like this. I'm gonna boost
3: some stats. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super awesome. Uh, and this week in particular, it's been a rough ride, a fun ride, a goofy ride. What can I say about it? Uh, the node has been misbehaving on and off. I'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later. But usually I open up my helipad and I scroll back to the six days ago Harvhat boost, which he hits us every time we fade out. And last week was no exception. 1420 sats from Harvhat you. Uh, this time from the podcast index.
4: Very nice.
1: He's always switching it up. Where do it, Where will it come from? We don't really know. We just know that it will arrive. So, uh, we appreciate that heart hat. Uh, we did have 3333 33 come in next from Dame Trail Chicken.
4: Oh, Buck Buck.
1: Buck Buck, indeed. And she said, uh, bolt and a chicken emoji, Jason Red Ranger boost. Yeah. Do, <laughs> do, do, do. Do, 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 do,
4: do. That was a cool thing you found for the kids at an antique store.
1: Oh, yeah. The little, uh,
4: You've talked about it in the bowl before.
1: LCD handheld game.
4: Yeah, the Power Rangers game.
1: It's like that crystal LCD display. Uh, Power Ranger game.
4: And a Spider-Man
1: one. The Spider-Man one that I've never seen before, but the Power Rangers one I used to have. So now they have both of those. They're jamming on it. Spoiled ass kids. Uh, Random number play. uh, Random number in play. Thirty-three, thirty-three, yet again. Whoa. This one coming from Chad F
4: Thanks Chad F
1: Buddy Chad Farrow He's also using Fountain He says You guys were about 20 minutes from me When you were in PA I haven't been to uh, Mikey's Since I was a teenager And it was a cool hearing you guys Talk about it on the show
4: It was cool going there
1: Yeah that was a great time A great grand time Uh, Another great grand time Coming in from Trail Chicken 2222 this time little row of ducks there also from fountain she says dig in the synth wave intro break out the wayfarers hey she's got uh, some sunglass emoji there beauty 100 sats from user random string of numbers out of fountain appreciate you i'll see you uh speaking of fountain we hit the top 10 charts again crazy which i was unexpected it was unexpected i even like pulled up the charts immediately and i didn't We were like 2017 Seventeen something. or something. I don't know. But for the magic moment where they captured, I think, I guess we were seventh, so. Good job, us. Wow. Good job, Lorian.
4: Thanks. Good job to you,
1: Sir Spencer. Good job, bowlers.
4: Yeah, good job, bowlers. Keeping us
1: relevant in Fountain. We love you for Even
4: that. Even on the road.
1: Even on the road. Even on the road. Uh, 333. <phone rings> Coming out of CurioCaster from Baron of Rotterdam. Appreciate that. And then right Thank after you. that... 18,881 sats from the same Baron of Rotterdam. Whoa. Also at a CurioCaster. Uh, he says in the bowl. Love your show.
4: Oh, thanks Baron.
1: Well, we love you sir. Baron of Rotterdam. Appreciate you. Uh, next up, our good friend the Dirty Jersey Whore coming in 19,760 sats.
4: Alright.
1: He's coming in from Fountain and he says, pre-boosting like a maniac, y'all be good. Well, we, uh, we are over here being good.
4: Thanks, DJW.
1: We am a good boy. <laughs> uh Bully Steed's next. Thirty-three, thirty-three.
4: Bowly Steed.
1: Boosty Steed. Busty Steed. She says, Close your eyes. Let the sound take you away. Hey. And she's yeah. got a little bowling uh bowling emoji there.
4: Very nice. Thank you, Bully.
1: Uh, Also, 3333, also from Bully, also from Fountain. She just hit us again. Uh, Live music into where it will go. ZZZ. <laughs> <laughs> I think she fell asleep.
4: That's all right. Soothing sleep. We have very soothing voices.
1: Let uh, sleep come and take you. Yeah, we've been told uh, that the voices soothe. They have some of the most
3: soothing voices I've ever heard in podcasting.
1: Super soothing. Facts. Facts. Uh, Forty-two, sixty-nine sets from who else? Harv Hat. That's what he does when he sees that live item tag light up, and uh, we send the pod ping about it. You may get a alert if you subscribe to us in Podverse.
4: Alert. For alert. instance,
1: I think that works in Castomatic too. I think it works in uh, a couple others, but you know, I'm not listing. I'm so behind. Unknowing what the fuck is going on, I can barely keep my shoes tight.
4: 3333.
1: That's coming in next from, again, your uh, bowly steed.
4: Bowly, bowly.
1: Yours truly, truly bowly. Out of uh, Fountain again. Bowling pin emoji, puff of smoke, alien. Fantastic combo.
4: Nice. There's Thank the A
1: A LMAO. Oh, there's pew. a little pew action coming into your node. Hi,
4: helipad.
1: Uh four twenty sats from Harvhat. That's out of Curio Caster. Uh Harvhat's boosts were coming into my node. My node wasn't receiving some of the others. So if you didn't see your stuff in the chat, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. I've flipped the value tags around, so even if my node fails, I still should get most of it.
4: To but, your Albi uh, wallet?
1: Yeah, I've I've added the Albi wallet in. And then I just kept my personal note in there as like a monitoring split just in case the things worked. But it's not relying on that to work, you know?
4: Yeah, I love this workaround.
1: It's the uh, best I can do under the circumstances and the time. Uh, next up, we got Hey Citizen.
2: 69! 69, dudes!
4: Sixty nine, dude.
1: sixty nine 69 stats out of Podverse. And uh, he says, and it's a Tuesday.
4: Tuesday. Thank you, hey, citizen.
1: Appreciate you. 27.30 sets next from Memes1337.
4: Memes.
1: A.K.A. Memes Elite. And uh, he's boosting from Podverse. He says, Elite boosting the split. I. Elite. Oh, no. That was an exclamation point, not an I. I'm sorry. Uh, Elite boosting the split. There is... Oh, there's kind of a zen aspect to bowling if you have the right team streaming on Noster Live, baby. So yeah, shout-outs once again. We got the Noster Live going. There's the uh, bowl after bowl live gift that BooBerry made us. Appreciate you, BooBerry. And then uh, also there's the IRC chat. And if you want to get in that IRC chat, if you're over there on uh, any kind of Noster app, you can always check out IRC.ZeroNode.net, that's the one we live on, and we are in the Bull After Bull channel, Pound Bull After Bull, as uh, Eastside Tony found out tonight. He's in there for the first time.
4: Welcome to the bowl, Eastside Tony. Uh, net Ned hit us. 10,000 shots. All right, thanks, Net Ned.
1: That was the pew that you just heard, and he said, sleepy time boost.
4: Oh, net bed. Night
1: night. Night night. Net, net, in the net bed uh, and that catches us up to right now just out of curiosity I'm flipping over to my note and it looks like uh, both of the Harvhat boosts plus the memes elite boost came in hmm. out well, of all of those that I read
4: we'll be able to troubleshoot once we're home yes better
1: it may involve gasoline and matches I'm just so done with the raspberry pi
4: But, uh, yeah, we'll figure that
1: out. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. What can we say?
4: There's many other ways to contribute value to the bowl. We mentioned the live art that Booberry made us. Art is always welcome and encouraged because every episode requires new art to show up in your podcasting 2.0 compliant apps. Uh, There's also jingles you could make like Hey Citizen has done news stories that you can send to us and every week we have a first time i ever topic that we encourage you to think about and share your story in a voicemail this week we want to hear about the first time you ever went to an outdoor movie so all you have to do is pick up your phone and call
2: 816-607
4: the That's right, we don't screen them, we just play them. And if you're voice shy or in a dead zone, you can always send a text message or a picture to 816-607-3663. So
1: yeah, thank you for chatting along. Uh, boosting along, all that great stuff. Shit, I love boosters. Keeps us rolling and uh keeps the value cycle alive. So we appreciate that. And uh this is usually the time where we talk a little bit of Oh yeah, you gotta have a node your own node preferably that's the nice way to do it because uh the you're running your own bank and payment processor on your own equipment that you can totally control and what's nice is the troubleshooting aspect of it really teaches you so much more about bitcoin itself and the lightning network than you could ever learn just by being somebody else's customer um uh, is there some extra frustration that goes along with that? I would say yes. Uh, but, you know, the other routes are not frustration-free. The, the biggest difference is that when shit goes wrong and you're a customer, then you got to put in a support ticket, you got to call somebody else, you got to wait on them. And uh, when you're doing your own node, you got to dig in, you got to learn for yourself. But the nice thing about that is you can time it mostly around what you need it for. So let's say you're a merchant and you got a big uh, event coming up, big sales event. You can make sure you have all that inbound liquidity that you need beforehand so that when the time comes, you uh, can receive the sass that you need to receive when you're selling shit. Or maybe you're a podcaster and you get your channels uh, all working and rocking. And then you can wait until like the day after your show to go in and uh, do some troubleshooting and fixing and, of things. Uh, if you're just somebody else's customer, then you don't know when the thing's going to be down and when they're doing service on it, it might be at an inconvenient time for you. Not so sure. Anyway, just little things here and there. Uh, but I think personally the biggest, the biggest pro of it, besides being, you know, fully sovereign and in control of the thing is that you do learn so much more than just being a kind of a passive participant. You're not a product. You're in control. You're in control of your own money what's better than that uh as far as my own node uh, big shouts to harv hat for somehow magically reawakening my node at the very end of last show we just heard like a uh bowling pin crash and it was the node waking up from the dead crazily like i'm not really sure how
4: right at the end of the show right
1: at the end right at the end how did he do it i'm not sure uh, but it turns out my node just really loves the harv hat boosts. In fact, tonight uh, his boosts are the only ones that have come through without fail. Uh, him and memes elite, I should say. Everybody else, I don't know. I don't know. They're in limbo or they're what, wherever they are. What are you gonna do? I am not so sure. Being this far away makes it a little tough to uh, really troubleshoot the best. Yeah, And I made the mistake of trying to troubleshoot early on when we were first here, <laughs> and that just didn't go so well. So rather than make my dad go over and power cycle my note again, I was like, you know what, let's just fucking let it ride where it's at. It's happy where it's at, let's just let it ride. It's running incredibly slow. That is one thing I definitely noticed, uh, including the L&D side of things. I did get a random DM on Telegram, which is always a humongous red flag, by the way. If you ever get DM'd on Telegram, you should usually just not engage at all. Uh, (laughs) And I have not replied to this, but I am interested in uh, what was pointed out to me. I'm trying to find this right quick. Uh, Daniel N. Dunno. Uh, This might be somebody... Who's a friend of the bowl or it might be a rando. I'm not so sure, but I did receive a message that just says node issues. I had an LND issue on my custom-built node months ago. I found the errors presented by LND, and no amount of searching was able to help me resolve it. Finally, I tried an LND command. It goes like this: LND dash dash reset dash wallet dash transactions. So it's just a reset wallet transactions flag here which, uh, according to this DM, forces a rescan of the chain by LND. This ran for a while and resolved my issue. And then follows up with a GitHub link directly to uh, LND's GitHub, forced in-place rescan. The recover methods described above assume a clean state for a node, so it's in a section of how to recover. Uh, But... There are times when an existing node may want to manually rescan the chain. We have a command line flag for that. Just start LND and add the following flag Reset Wallet Transactions. According to their GitHub, the Reset Wallet Transactions flag will reset the best synced height of the wallet back to its birthday or Genesis if the birthday isn't known for some older wallets. Just run LND with the flag, unlock it, then the wallet should begin rescanning. An entry resembling the following will show up in the logs once it's complete. LNWL finished rescan for 800 addresses sync to block blibbity bloppity blue. This is something that I do want to try once we get back, once I am there in the same room with the fucking thing. And if I need to turn it off and on again or recycle or turn the friggin' SD off and on, whatever I need to do. Um, I just need to be there cause I can't touch it from here too far away.
4: Yeah. But,
1: uh, this is interesting. Uh, so, and this is the thing, I'm not sure. I have not been posting lately in any of the Telegram groups, especially about having any problems, and that's usually when you get unsolicited DMs, is if you're, like, looking uh, in there to, like, troubleshoot your shit, and somebody will try to DM scam you, pretending to be open arms or somebody, and then eventually, like, uh. Getting you to tell them some dumb shit you don't want to tell them Mm. because you're just trying to help. You know, you think there's somebody trying to help, and you're just trying to get things back online. Many people have been scammed the shit out of just talking DMs uh, on Telegram, trying to troubleshoot, and then they, you know, give away their keys or give away some kind of sensitive information that they shouldn't. Um, So that's why I was kind of cautious about this, but I almost. The timing of it was on early on Thursday morning, and I had just talked about my woes on the show, and so I have to assume that it's somebody who listened and reached out. But uh, at any rate, I appreciate that tip if you do listen, Daniel. And uh, I'm going to look into this um, flag more, but I'm also interested if anybody else has tried the forced... Uh, the forced scan here um, and again that flag is reset wallet transactions as an L&D command uh, if you've seen or heard about this or tried it let me know spencer at bullafterbolt.com. Bull thought it was kind of interesting and uh, I guess that's appropriate to do a little fixing the node right
4: definitely cause that's I'm fixing a node where my sat's
2: coming. Get my treasure traveling
1: where it will go yeah so i want to do that i have hope again really love hope hope for a dope uh some bitcoin jazz you know we really rarely rarely talk about price but there has been a slight dip Which is always something that gets me excited. I really love discounts. And according to the Clark Moody dashboard, currently for your dollar, you can get 3,800 sats. Over 3,800 sats.
4: Ooh.
1: And we can remember at the end of last year how we were consistently getting way more than 4,000 sats per dollar. And we're kind of inching closer to that. Uh, I like more sats for my dollar, which only happens at lower price points, so... While a lot of panic hands run around in circles and the price gets lower, I really love it. It's like the best time. I was going to do some smash buys through Fold just because it happens to be where a lot of uh, burnable fiat is right now for me. And I'm just getting an error that the, that the service is not available. So I looked into this and Um, There was something else that I discovered shortly after arriving from from vacation, like last week. In fact, before we did the last bowl. I just didn't talk about it last week, but uh, I also use the Zebedee wallet. Me too. Zebedee.io, Z-E-B-E-D-E-E, or their ZBD for short. I think you can go to ZBD.gg. Five letters plus a dot, ZBD.gg. What they are is like a little lightning wallet, um, mostly for playing dumb shit mobile games and getting small uh, sats for it. Um, it's kind of what I started using it for. They've since done like time based rewards for certain games. So they'll give you, I don't know, there's pretty significant SAT rewards comparatively. To what else you can find out there?
4: Definitely, it's
1: not like you can make a hundred bucks or nothing, but you're not making bucks, you're making satoshis 40, 50,000 sats yeah. in, in in a few weeks of of those different games.
4: And they have a daily question that earns you a hundred sats, yeah, just for clicking a multiple choice button. So,
1: if you're one of those guys that like micro farms, uh, the fountain wallet for earnings. And then you go on their Telegram constantly and are going,
2: My sats earnings is down. Where can I earn more sats? Only reason I use Fountain is for the earn feature.
1: Uh, you could go to Zebedee and probably make a lot more sats and, uh, you know, leave actual issues uh, left to be discussed in the Telegram, which would be cool. Anyway, I open up Zebedee. While I'm out here, just out of I don't know, fucking curiosity or boredom or whatever. And I get this red error and it like logs me out and it's like, Oh, we're not available in Massachusetts servers.
4: Yeah. Well,
1: I was like, Wow, this is kinda weird. Not not available in Massachusetts. Or it specifically mentions Massachusetts residents and Massachusetts servers. So I'm like, okay. I got the same error message the whole time we were in New Hampshire too. Yep. It didn't say New Hampshire. It still said Massachusetts. Yes. So I don't know what's up with that. I did try to look all over the place for like Bitcoin laws uh, uh, in Massachusetts. They don't seem to be different from anywhere else specifically. Uh, The only thing I could find was there was a Bloomberg Law. uh, They have on BloombergLaw.com a... State a state-by-state state listing of some of these uh, crypto laws. And in Massachusetts, all it says is that uh, uh, the Massachusetts Department of Banking in 2020 found that transactions where fiat currency was exchanged for virtual currency between two parties across international borders mm. was not money transmission requiring a license. So, I don't know. This is kind of like... Uh, also, it says a digital wallet service was found on its facts to not require a license. So the only mentions uh, of, for Massachusetts were just like that, you know, basically Massachusetts does not consider, consider you a money transmitter if you're selling crypto.
4: Yeah. So it shouldn't um, be an issue.
1: I couldn't find anything. So maybe it's a specific thing intercompany. But then when I tried to smash buy this dip unfold, It also said service unavailable. Now, it is much more vague, and I dug around and unfolded, seeing like, okay, is there ineligible territories or states or some shit like this? Couldn't find anything there. What I did see was uh, that they have, and we've discussed this on previous Bull After Bulls, they've recently changed custodians uh, because uh, their old custodian, of course, was Prime Trust, who uh, bit the big rubber turd. And uh, everybody was fleeing them um, just as fast as they could. So they now have a new custodian. I can't remember the name. It's probably not really important. But uh, service unavailable. I don't know. Maybe I'll just have to wait until I get back home. Maybe they're like, oh, you seem sketchy because we thought you lived over here in the middle of the country. And now you're over here in Massachusetts. Like, yeah. Like, people go on fucking vacation. People travel for work. People travel. People go all around, you know? So I don't know.
4: But the robo-fraud detectors are a real thing.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I don't know if I'm getting frog detected or what the fuck's going on, <laughs> exactly.
4: Frog?
1: Yeah, ribbit, ribbit. Uh, so anyway, that was interesting. I don't know. I was, like, trying to find any sort of thing relevant in the law, and I just couldn't find it. Couldn't find anything in the policy of fold support. I was digging all around. Uh, everybody's arguing over what the dip is all about, and I heard uh, I heard DH Unplugged uh, Andrew Horowitz cite the kind of prevailing theory that's uh, being talked about a lot, which is that SpaceX sold all their Bitcoin. Mm. Uh, the day that the dip happened was kind of last Thursday, where it fell. I think it was like around seven percent which is like the biggest dip since the FTX shit went down. And uh, a lot of people are saying it's because SpaceX has sold all their Bitcoin. Uh, Although in the Casey Bitcoiners telegram, somebody was quick to say, no, no, that's bullshit. The Wall Street Journal article only says that they've uh, written that value down. So I guess like, you know, if you lose money on an asset, you can write it down and, um, I don't know, Take report the loss on your balance sheet or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a fintech bro. I don't know the book cooking shit. I don't really exactly know how any of that works. Don't really care. Um, I did pull up the Wall Street Journal article, and it does seem to indicate that they've sold it, uh, as Andrew Horowitz also again repeated tonight. So usually when I hear something countered by the Casey Bitcoin or somebody in there, I just assume, oh, okay, well, that's the counter, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then when I heard Horowitz mention it again, that SpaceX had sold their Bitcoin, it was like, hell, maybe we should look into this. And uh, it seems that the Wall Street Journal article did mention... uh that they sold their cryptocurrency, and it's just kind of vaguely worded. This is the literally the last paragraph in the article, so it's a buried lead. And uh, the whole story is about these documents,
4: oh boy, uh,
1: these filings. And the very last paragraph says the documents also show SpaceX wrote down the value of Bitcoin it owns by a total of three hundred seventy-three million last year, and in twenty twenty-one. And has sold the cryptocurrency. That's the sentence. Mm. Uh, next sentence to end up the... Uh, to end round off the paragraph. Tesla has taken a similar approach with its Bitcoin holdings. Musk has posted about cryptocurrencies frequently over the years. Some of the most dog shit reporting ever. This doesn't tell me fucking dick.
4: It's because the writer doesn't understand anything.
1: So writing down the value of the Bitcoin it owns... That's fine, and uh, that's what our boy in the Telegram chat said, like, no, 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 they didn't sell it, they just wrote down its value. That seems to have been the case in 2022 and in 2021, but then the end of this sentence says, and has sold the cryptocurrency.
4: Mm -hmm. So what, did
1: they sell some of it? Did they sell a Bitcoin? Did they sell all of it? Did they sell...
4: Well, we don't know.
1: I don't know anything from reading this Wall Street Journal article.
4: The documents...
1: The fucking headline is just a rare look into the finances of Elon Musk's secretive SpaceX. Rocket company and satellite operator narrowed loss to 559 million in 2022. Costs increased, but revenues rose faster. And then there's a bunch of spin-off headlines saying, "SpaceX sold their Bitcoin. SpaceX sold their Bitcoin." A lot of people, and you get this kind of uh, knee-jerk cope spin on Bitcoin Twitter a lot where they're like, "Wow, oh, actually. It means the opposite of what's being said. You know, people are like, if anything, they have more Bitcoin than ever. And like, I'm just not seeing citation for any of this shit. I don't see a link to the documents. um,
4: That's the problem.
1: That are supposedly being talked about here. So I just, it's like so much massive speculation, but massive speculation directly leads to people buying or selling and then number go down, number go up. Really, for me, I don't give a shit. I just like the discount. Definitely. I'm just a fucking caveman. And I like to get more sats when I put a dollar in.
4: I just like to say Bitcoin is dead. Yes. Over and over and over again.
1: It is. It's dead. It's and
4: totally dead. It's
1: dead enough <laughs> that if you have any left, just send it to us. You don't want that shit anyway. Yeah. It's value, value. Just put it, in the, put it in the node.
4: Boost it over. There you
1: go. Uh, Speaking of boosting it over, we did get a boost from uh, Boobery. Boobs, booze. And I bet you can guess it was.
2: 69!
4: 69, dudes!
1: He said, a Satoshi for a Jenga block? Hey, there you go.
4: I like that.
1: Jenga blocks rock. Uh, That was from Podverse, by the way. And, uh, wow, that's a lot of Jenga blocks, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. It's almost 7,000. We also got
2: 69! 69, 69, dudes!
1: Some hey, citizen out of podverse who said, It's bowling time. Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Nostro Tops, Value Boost Tiger, Fixing a Node Rex, Go Go Power Bowlers.
4: <laughs> this is awesome. That was a great summary of the recap.
1: Oh, Fixing a Notice Rex. I, I'm sorry.
4: It's in the records, the fossil records. (laughs) the
1: fossil record. The blockage
4: records. The fossil
1: record clearly shows (laughs) that we've never been full of shit even once. So you can take that to the bank.
4: Ding, ding, ding.
1: And since you run your own bank, it's easy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how fucking much easier could it possibly be than how easy it is right now? Uh, A couple of... Interesting headlines that are going around the Bitcoin world. Uh Argentina's leading presidential candidate vows to shut down central bank if elected. Uh seems meme candidate-y. Every time I hear this kind of shit. Now uh this presidential hopeful, his name's Javier Javier uh Malay? Malay? I don't know. His last name doesn't seem very Espanolish.
4: Can you spell it?
1: M-I-L-E-I. Hmm. If you're trying to pronounce it in Espanol, I don't fucking know, man. Uh, He looks a bit like he's in a band. Okay. That's about the best I can describe him. He's got some, like, messy hair that covers his ears but does not go past his chin.
4: Oh, my. I just looked him up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He huh. looks like a very serious dude. He's not, I don't see a picture of him smiling anywhere. He might smile sometimes because I don't have, like, a bunch of him. Just looking at a story here. Uh, But yeah, he wants to shut down the central bank, so uh, he's looking to El Salvador's model as an example. And of course, we know El Salvador has taken a big uh, bullish stance on Bitcoin and has been uh, accumulating a shitload of it and also turning on uh, volcano mines and uh, doing some kind of nationalized mining situation and kind of allowing other uh, other currencies to compete in their economy which is kind of a cool libertarian approach i have not really heard enough to know how serious this is but i just every time i hear a candidate or a politician in general say hey this is what i'm going to do i kind of i'm not exactly holding my breath and pinning my hopes on them if you know what i'm saying but there's a lot of chatter about that Uh, Also seems to be some chatter about ProtonMail. And uh, is it fair or unfair? I'm not 100% sure. I think that uh, Forbes just dropped a story about uh, ProtonMail. And, of course, I'm getting flack for using an ad blocker from Forbes. Fuck you.
4: Fuck Forbes.
1: Uh, They dropped a story about how ProtonMail gave uh, the FBI some information which uh you know is kind of the opposite reason you get a proton mail yeah uh and restore privacy followed up with that uh drop last week by doing a story proton mail complied with 5957 data requests in 2022 are they still secure and private and it doesn't it kinda, sound that way well, it kind of goes through, and um, it makes some cases this way and that. Uh, it seems that the num- the user base has been growing year after year, and as the user base grows, of course, the number of orders from Swiss law enforcement. So that's, a, that's one thing. ProtonMail is based in Switzerland, which has pretty great privacy laws in general. And so... Proton Mail, from their perspective, is basically saying, "Hey, since these orders are coming from Swiss authorities, that's a pretty good litmus test as to their legitimacy." Uh, so, out of in 2020, there were 3,700 legal orders, 750 of which were contested mm. by Proton Mail, and the other 3,000 were complied with, basically. 2021, that number almost doubled. The legal orders then was 6,243. Contested were 1,323. So that number also almost doubled. And uh, orders complied with was nearly 5,000. 4,920. And then last year, the number of legal orders was just shy of 7,000, and they contested only a little bit over 1,000 of those. So the contested orders went down last year, well, the number of legal orders went up. So they complied with nearly 6,000, like the headline says, 5,957 orders complied with, meaning that the Swiss authorities came to them a total of almost 7,000 times, and six of those 7,000 times, they said, yeah, here's the info you're looking for. Um, for me, I don't know. I think that if you're going to be a criminal doing criminal shit then email is uh is is a dangerous game to play at all whether you're using proton mail or whether you're using whatever uh everything is dangerous <laughs> yeah when you're a fucking uh, criminal
4: if you're using a third party at all
1: doing criminal shit so i don't know is proton mail still secure and private uh According to Restore Privacy, the answer to this question boils down to determining your threat model and the adversaries you are trying to protect yourself against. In short, the answer is yes if you're looking for a secure encrypted email service that does not have access to the contents of your inbox. Now, I'm understanding that a lot of this guy uh, that got busted by the FBI and whatever, it was based on metadata, not on the contents of his messages at all, but on certain metadata and... Somehow he used that email address also to sign up for a social media account, which kind of revealed a little bit more information Mm. in addition to what they got from proton mail. They just kind of connected dots to another social account where they had more juice on him. Um, They say, after all, ProtonMail is far better than Gmail or Yahoo when it comes to privacy. I think that's pretty obvious up front. If you're doing things to attract the attention of law enforcement, then the data you provide when you use ProtonMail, such as IP address and recovery email, may be shared with authorities if Proton Technologies is legally compelled to do so in Swiss court. All businesses must comply with the laws in the countries where they're legally based. The only other option is to shut down, like we saw with C. Templar in 2022 and Lavabit in 2013. Uh, Furthermore, there are also different alternatives with various privacy and security benefits, as you can see in our secure email guide. So basically what they're saying is if you're some kind of hardened, badass criminal and the Swiss courts determine that, yeah, we need this fucking information, everything that you have on the account, basically all they can give them is IP address and recovery email. So if you're also using a burner recovery email and you're VPNing your IP address to some spoofed IP, you know, there's just, there's more than just signing up for a Proton email when it comes to privacy and covering your tracks fully. But, you know, when you're, when you're breaking international laws and you're on a big crime spree, like it's going to be difficult to cover your tracks no matter what. They're going to be after your ass. So I don't know. It's an interesting read for sure, but I think that the uh, stories and how they were written kind of made a, a five alarm fire, like all these things do. You know, you, you they, they write one story and then people kind of just run with one headline or a hundred and forty characters in a fucking tweet, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, burn this thing to the ground. That's actually one of the best options. Mm. You know, uh, that's just kind of the feeling I got anyway yeah but I will include this uh dot article uh because there's a lot of angry internet debate going on regarding proton mail and uh how the fucking sold out man the compromise man uh they in proton Mail's defense they openly publish these numbers each year and they're very transparent about like you know the requests they see and receive and how many they honor and what they give out.
4: I was surprised by the amount of requests they're receiving.
1: Yeah, it seems to be going up. Yeah, seems to be going up year after year. But so, like again, so is their user base. So right. So uh, I don't know. I guess that's somewhat to be expected. Uh, by the way, I mentioned that uh, the SpaceX supposed sell-off is the reason for the dip. The other reason for the dip, uh, that a lot of Bitcoin knee jerkers are citing is the Evergrande bankruptcy, Evergrand Bank uh filing for US bankruptcy protection, which is just kind of a larger poor economic signal. Mm. And so as bond yields go down and as uh, money gets tighter and as people get more panicked, there's just general sell-off in most of the markets. Uh also altcoins are shitting the bed. Once again, and so that also kind of pulls Bitcoin down with it, just as a matter of of it being associated with uh, the rest of them, you know. With
4: crypto at all.
1: The thing about pricing is the price is basically determined by the aggregate of everyone together. Like it's not the least common denominator. Even it's like the everyone the the total sum of everyone's activity. And so if you get a bunch of people panic selling, the price will go down, 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 which is great. I think it's great every time it happens because the real big moves in the dips are caused by people who just have a fucking lot of money. They're the, the whales, the whales get to move the price. And so if the whales can give regular-ass plebs a discount and the smash buys come in, that's always good for us peons to get a good deal before the next halving. When, you know, if the cycles continue, the next halving is next year, and the price will shoot up to another tier. It has every time before, and so why would this time be any different?
4: Because Bitcoin is dead.
1: Bitcoin is dead. (laughs) R.I.P. R.I.P. Anyway, I wanted to kind of keep the shit state a bit brief, so the rest of my headlines will wait for another week.
4: Oh, teaser.
1: Yeah, you like that? Uh, that's okay, because I really want to hear.
4: Top three, 33. All right. Well, I'll start with the big magic number story this week, which was covered by all of the main offender outlets. The Justice Department is seeking 33 years in prison for ex-Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio in the January 6th case. Immediately, when I read this story, I caught on that he was not at the Capitol on January 6th. Mm. It feels like they're just using the date as kind of the, the bait for everyone to read the article, in a way. Um, but also, concerning here... <laughs> well, okay, so you know how they're doing this massive prosecution of everyone who was in D.C. on January 6th. Of course. It's been going on. Uh, It's been the first event in my life where I've seen billboards from the FBI across state lines saying, hey, turn in your friends and family if they were in D.C. on January 6th.
1: Did your neighbor go to D.C. January 6th?
4: Snitch them! Put them on the train. Yeah. Fucking incredible. It's crazy. It's nonsensical. Uh, Okay, and so, you know, I've heard of the group Proud Boys throughout the years. I'm so
1: glad I was... uh in school and completely unable to go. Because I really wanted to. I did, too. I really wanted to uh, go down and, like, I don't know, just be a part of the thing. Yeah. I felt the tug, you know? Definitely. I felt the draw, the gravity of it. It felt like something that was important at the time.
4: It was.
1: It was a big, fat fucking Skeeter trap. Yeah. But it felt important at the time.
4: Yeah. Well... The longest um, punishment to date coming out of January 6th, the longest uh, sentence, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, so far handed out has been 18 years for the founder of the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes, who was convicted of seditious conspiracy. I don't like this. I don't like this. Um, You know, just, I guess I haven't followed it (laughs) super closely. Um, but when people are being arrested for their ideas and groups that they've created and joined and been a part of, that's dangerous. Even if you don't agree with their ideas and what they stand for. So here we are looking at, um, a leader, an alleged leader of the Proud Boys, who was not at the Capitol on January 6th because he was arrested two days before the event and ordered out of D.C. Um, but they allege that he organized and directed the attack at the Capitol, you know, telling all the Proud Boys, hey, go there. Attack. Okay. Attack we must. A- attack. And so... He was, it, it. it's like Charles Manson level. But did these guys kill anyone? No. Hmm. Uh, did they attack? No. Not that I'm aware of.
1: Did they stay between the velvet ropes?
4: Many did.
1: Oh my God. It's gotta be the fucking lamest bullshit of all time. Especially when you consider the whole cozy summer of love we had leading up to it. You know, where. Exactly. Like, Dozens of cities were fucking set on fire.
4: There, yes, there are groups out there who have called for violence, who have asked for charity donations and then stolen them and used them for personal gain. Um, and they're not being prosecuted. And I'm- I. For what it's worth, I don't want to see any of them prosecuted. Right? Yeah. Well, the you call, can scam uh, people. This is America.
1: Calls for violence politically is still political speech. Like exactly. They do it all the fucking time on both sides, but you know it's it's far more common on the left. Get in their face, make a fuss. Uh, you know, Maxine Waters. You get plenty of clips of her calling for uh, people to be chased out of restaurants and shit. You know. Um. When we go low, when they go low, we stomp on their head. All that kind of shit. Eric Holder, you uh, get example after example of this shit. But somehow January sixth is supposed to be the fucking Pearl Harbor nine eleven.
4: And then they're trying to say that this guy organized.
1: And it. then yeah, this as guy. as if there
4: was any organization at all on that day
1: through what like Discord, Telegram messages. Like what is he tweeting?
4: And what was what recognized? is he texting
1: people? There's yeah, exactly. There's no organization. Nobody knew what the fuck to do or where to fuck to go.
4: Yeah. Um, just a bunch of people in one place at one time.
1: You can see some fat guys like wiggling flagpoles at cops. You know, like that's the most extreme shit I've seen out of all of the countless hours of footage that we've watched um, since.
4: I mean, this thing is know,
1: fucking three and a half years old.
4: The most extreme thing I've seen is Ashley Babbitt getting shot in the throat.
1: Well, sure. By a law
4: enforcement guy behind a door.
1: You've got that as well. Nah, it's a big joke, man. It really makes you wonder what it's all going to come to. I mean, like... I'm so... I'm so at the end of my give-a-fuck pile, you know? Like, why even participate in such a system that's such a fucking clown show?
4: We don't, really. That's why we decentralize.
1: Like, what's the point of voting in 2024? (laughs) No one... It, no one has been able to explain to me why I should even fucking bother.
4: I can't. I'm not going to try. It's I'm in the same boat. I'm with not, you.
1: I'm not saying it's, it's far enough away that I'm not saying I'm not gonna, but I'm going to need some very compelling fucking reason to even give a shit this time around. I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it. If it was tomorrow, I'd say, fuck it. I don't give yeah. a shit. I'm not going. I got other things to do. Like, yeah, like play with my note at home. Write another RSS feed. Like, I have way more important shit to do. Civic duty type shit than going to fucking vote for a president.
4: Yep. It just feels like it's already picked anyway. They already know who they want to win, and it's all political theater. And we're just in the way. We're just meat to fill the grinder in the machine. Ugh, I don't know. It's a bad place to be. In this article... They also mentioned that the Justice Department is seeking 33 years for Joseph Biggs, who's a self-described Proud Boys organizer. So again, prosecuting people because of their thought groups that they associated with. I don't like it. (laughs) No, it's... And I don't obviously affiliate myself with any of these fucking left or right organizations correct
1: i'm independent and that doesn't mean i'm a member of the independent party with a capital i it means i'm my own motherfucking person yeah me just spencer
4: but i think you should be able to say whatever the fuck you want and do whatever the fuck you do and you know until you actually cause bodily harm on another person right you're free damn it
1: that's how it's supposed to work
4: oh well Another magic number popped up on CBS News, which says illegal border crossings rose by 33% in July, fueled by increase along Arizona desert. Yeah, law enforcement had 132,000 encounters. Not very rare encounters, I suppose.
1: No, those are extremely common (laughs) encounters, I suppose.
4: Yeah, but it's lower than July of last year, and it's lower than the number in May which was a 170,000. Also, I'm going to say this. When I see numbers that are in hundreds of thousands, it just kind of makes my eyes glaze over. <laughs> right. You know? How do I know this is happening? I don't live near the border. I'm not counting people walking across the uh, invisible border. <sighs> and where do they go? I don't know.
1: It's all a mystery, man. We just got to believe newspaper headlines for it.
4: And big numbers. Mm-hmm. And reports say. And
1: federal agencies. And, and basically all these people that just constantly lie and lie and lie.
4: The people who you are supposed to trust, not.
1: Yeah. What do we even make it? What, what is the average schlub sh- sh- to do <laughs> about any of this shit?
4: I just point to the magic number. That's what I do. I say, look, <phone rings> magic number, go ding, ding, ding. Like in the next story where rescuers recovered 33 bodies from a landslide at a Myanmar jade mine with three people still missing.
1: Oh, bonus number.
4: Yeah. So this is the center of the world's largest and most lucrative jade mining district. And debris ended up sliding down like a 1,000 feet. Damn. Down this cliff into a lake below it, and it carried... 35-plus minors with it. Oof. Uh, 150 rescuers went out there with five boats to recover the bodies and save who they could. But in this article, they're getting their information from the leader of a local rescue team, Mm -hmm. and this person spoke only on the condition of anonymity because they feared being arrested by the military-installed government, which gets a huge portion of its revenue from jade mining.
1: Huh. You suppose the miners are pretty jaded about that?
4: Oh, I know so. (laughs) Especially because then local authorities gave the families of those confirmed deceased $330 to help with funeral costs, although their bodies were in the press photos covered with green tarps which is kind of irksome because it's jade mining, so we got the green thing going on. Okay. Okay. Maybe it's the only plastic they had available. Coincidence, I just wanted to point it out. Okay. (laughs) And then immediately cremated them. Oh. So is a cremation $330?
1: God, I have no idea. I don't know. I haven't uh, had one.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Thank goodness.
1: Probably a different price there, too.
4: Definitely. Definitely. Best price. So this isn't the worst landslide uh, that's happened in this jade mining area. In 2015, 113 miners were killed. Damn. And in July 2020, even worse, 162 people died. But they were saying most of the victims are independent miners who are largely made up of unregistered migrants that go there and just kind of camp in the area and sift through big piles of earth (laughs) that companies have come and dug up and they're looking for smaller pieces of jade
1: so they're just doing leftover shit and trying to they don't really know what they're doing i guess kind of stuff
4: kind of how it felt i kind of could picture like anyone you see at a gem show you know being there yeah searching for jade themselves scavengers that's a good word yeah definitely Um, so that's unfortunate. Also unfortunate, 33 people were wounded in Chicago this weekend, which commonly happens. Yeah. Just senselessly shot. Drive-by shooting, someone firing off at a block party. It
1: winds up being 33 a lot.
4: A lot.
1: I remember you bringing Chicago shooting several times.
4: Yes. If you search... The RSS source of truth for bull after bull, 33 Chicago, you're going to find a lot. You'll probably find 33 instances of it. (laughs) Nice. And my final magic number story, as we mosey behind the curtain, uh, is that a cartel reportedly dropped 33 bombs from drones in Guerrero, Mexico. Whoa. All I have to go on this is... Um, a human rights organization's word and some very low quality cell phone footage that you can kind of see a drone. It looks like a UFO in the sky, a drone. And then you hear a very loud explosion. Kaboom. Um, But you don't really see anything. And as the story goes, uh, this is being caused by a feud between an international cartel and a regional gang And they're bombing farmer's land, trying to prevent the locals from supporting this gang and making free market purchases from the local gang. Hmm. But what do I know? I'm just a simple bowler.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, you know the place for bowlers.
4: Yeah, right here behind the curtain. And boy, oh, bowl, do I have a clip To start off with.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, let me make sure my levels are good. Okay. Uh, Clip just uh, right off the bat, huh? Yep. Gotta love that.
0: This is the ad in question paid for by Americans against legalizing marijuana and it says listed here all the mass murderers that use marijuana at least once in their life and it led to their killing spree what? but one Lake Worth doctor Aldo Morales says it only paints half the picture because marijuana research is still in its infancy. I don't what?
5: know that we have any literature linking mass murderers to marijuana anymore that the, you can link them to smoking cigarettes.
0: When we asked Dr. Morales about the claims in the ad which says marijuana 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 can lead to aggressive behavior, psychosis and paranoia. He says it's possible, but there's not enough research to support the Uh. marijuana to murderer pipeline. And Dr. Morales says since marijuana was deemed an illegal substance in the 1970s, there has been little to no research on how it affects the brain. So anything that we're doing now is still in the early stages. We have reached out for comment on this ad to the Americans against legalizing marijuana, but we have yet to hear back from them.
4: Man, f- them studies.
0: Seriously, and they always say,
4: oh, there's not enough studies. It's ridiculous.
1: Not enough studies. It's just brand new. Like, we don't even know anything at all about this fucking plant that we've smoked for a hundred years. Thousands. Yeah, but I mean, like, culturally, our culture. Oh, yeah. American culture. American culture has been well documented using weed since the 20s.
4: Yeah, but see, now we're back in the 20s. It's the roaring 20s again, and Reefer Madness is coming back. I think you're right. Reefer Madness is back, and it's so stupid. (laughs) But you got to laugh at it. These people took out a full-page ad with color print in this Florida publication.
1: I just want to cherry-pick the people that smoke weed.
4: No, no, this is the thing. That's not in cherry picking. I would say a lot of people smoke weed. You could exactly. almost argue a majority.
1: Well, that's so what I'm saying. They're
4: saying these murderers also smoked weed. Well, those murderers also probably drank soda. Those murderers also probably played video games. Which one do you want to go with this week? This week it's weed, but those murderers also could have been on SSRIs. Can we publish that in the newspaper?
1: Well, the thing I'm talking about with cherry picking weed smokers is like, you know, yeah. Steve Jobs, famous weed smoker, you got...
4: Oh, yeah. uh,
1: Fucking Barack Obama, you got, you know... Like, for every mass murderer, we can also pick a fucking hero of the mainstream. Definitely. We can probably pick about a dozen heroes of the mainstream for every one mass murderer that happened to smoke weed. At least. Fucking ridiculous. It's just very low effort, old fucking hat.
4: (laughs) The marijuana to murder pipeline. Oh it's just God. so crazy. So I had to look up this group because I hadn't heard of them. Of course, Americans Against Legalization of Marijuana. Yes, and I don't recognize any of the names here. Um, they do partner, of course, with prohibitionist groups like SAM. Yeah, and many other ones. Um, and fine no names listed, no board of directors uh, until you get to a certain page. But there was a phone number. Oh, And so I just did a reverse search on the phone number and it went to um, a Dr. Paul Chabot, who is the founder of Coalition for a Drug Free Texas, a Navy veteran and political runner in mm. several states. He, f- he had like a failed political run in California. okay. Um, moved to Texas and has been running there. I'm not sure his track record, but yeah, so Coalition for a Drug-Free Texas is his baby besides this one. Uh, then there was a Carla Lowe listed who founded Citizens Against Legalizing Marijuana, or COM. Mm.
2: That's
4: a good acronym. Commies. Although I think you're, yeah. <laughs> Commies, exactly. I was going to say, I'm calmer than they are. Yeah. Thanks to marijuana. Their freaking word, not mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, the co-founder of Calm is also listed here, Scott Chipman. And then a Stephanie Hayes, which is a very common name, but hilariously, rem- I thought it sounded familiar. There was a city councilor, I think, in Florida who got picked up with a DUI in 2011 and pot possession charges. I thought, wouldn't that be funny if this was the same woman and she's gone anti-weed because of criminal record i'm never ever ever gonna smoke weed again many such cases
0: you make weed
4: look so uncool exactly so that was just entertaining purely entertaining yeah i mean a little frustrating
1: well i guess uh the only way to give them what they want is to get high and mass murder them all
2: huh
4: This is what you wanted. This is what you wanted. No, this is what happens when you watch too much TV.
1: Yeah. I I just make like very low brow, low effort, correlative connections that that are just silly.
4: Such an eye roller.
1: Mm -hmm. Now do SSRIs.
4: Exactly. Bitch. Yeah, because I can cherry pick that one all day long.
1: Mm, Anyway. It's very irritating.
4: Medical licenses are on hold in Alabama again. Oh, boy. Yeah. The judge just issued a 10-day temporary restraining order while this complaint is heard in a lawsuit that alleges regulators violated the state's Open Meetings Act when nominating companies for approval. And I talked about this a couple bowls ago. They have been deleting their recordings after the meeting minutes are published. Mm. Which should be a no-no. It should be. Because meeting minutes aren't direct transcripts word for word. It's kind of a summary, usually yeah, a one it's page like, summary.
1: Like the itinerary.
4: Yeah, you have a list of who was present and then the the eyes and nays and what old passed. business, new business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Also in the past two weeks there has been a mess going on in Missouri. Because we left, obviously. Well... Now things are just falling apart. I heard the heat was off the charts.
1: Yeah, you get triple-digit heat wave rolling through.
4: Yeah, while we were in our sweatshirts up in the New Hampshire mountains. Great
1: time to not be there.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Well, also, uh, there's a company, um, Delta Extraction, and they're seeking a temporary restraining order against the Department of Cannabis regulation. And I had to find a timeline... For the series of events, because it didn't start off that way, obviously. It all started on August 2nd, when Metric, the seed-to-sale tracking database POS, and I mean (laughs) piece-of-shit company, (laughs) decided to place Delta Extraction's products, along with products from dozens of brands, on an administrative hold. Oh, boy. For no rhyme or reason. It was just, oh, it's August 2nd. These thousands of products are now on an administrative hold. Um, Simultaneously, three Missouri licensees, Delta Extraction being one of them, were issued orders of immediate suspension. Obviously, that's the worst thing that can possibly happen to you after you've paid thousands of dollars to get your legal license. You get a message saying, hey, your license is suspended. (laughs) Why? They don't even have to tell you. Apparently, you can just get a letter that says it's over. You're done, buddy. Hmm. So, the next day, August 3rd, uh, Delta Extraction filed an action with the Administrative Hearing Commission regarding the suspension order, probably trying to figure out what the heck happened. And August 7th, they were able to meet with some representatives from the Department of Health and Human Services to discuss this whole business. There's no real details what happened there. This is all just coming out of uh, the court filings. Shady. you know? Um, but on August 9th, Delta Extraction filed an emergency motion for stay, and that was heard on the 14th and concluded at 4.08 p.m. I note this time because it's important. Not an hour later, at 4.54 p.m., um, the Department of Cannabis Regulation recalled All of Delta Extraction's products, all of them were recalled, some of which were manufactured a year ago. They just put in 62,000 SKUs and said, recalled. Boo. 62,000 products because they came from one company. So on August 16th, which makes this whole story the headline that it was this week, um, Delta Extraction has filed... Two separate cases trying to resolve this nightmare. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. This is your legal market at work in the show me state. We'll show you some bullshit.
1: I guess so. Uh,
4: The games I will never play. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Getting a license. License this dick. To do business for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then you just get cut off. Cut off from the tit. It's
1: gross. Tore shit.
4: Yeah. In New York, a judge has blocked retail licensing there. Um, This comes from the veterans lawsuit, arguing that the state improperly limited the initial round of licenses to only people with weed-related convictions on their criminal records, uh, Mm -hmm. and that the veterans didn't get any representation. So last week, the judge temporarily blocked the state's program as the legal arguments in the case played out. And then on Friday, uh, the judge put an order extending the shutdown and faulted the regulators for creating a program at odds with the state law legalizing weed. So... We'll see where this goes. Oh, boy. But New York has had a really slow rollout, and it's just stopping now. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Hokel always wants to say that they're showing the rest of the states how to do it, you know? Yeah. And it just doesn't really look that way. Not very exciting over there. Not seeing booming business and industry like you see in Minnesota. Yeah. Kicking ass, taking names up there. Fighting for a constitutional right to home grow. I love that. I love that. Um, Ohio will see legalization on the ballot in November. They, of course, have had medical since 2016. um, But the group Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol was able to gather the remaining signatures they needed in that 10-day grace period. Um, They gathered half the signatures two years ago, and then the legislature had a window of months to enact what they had written, and they chose not to, so then they had to gather the rest of the signatures to put it on the ballot and send it to the people. So it's not the greatest. I suppose I haven't seen a an initiative petition that I really jive with as right. a, as a true believer who just of not. thinks there should be no regulation at all in a total free market. <laughs> um, but this one is like, you gotta be 21, you can possess two and a half ounces and you can home grow a limited amount of plants and everything's got a 10% tax on it, which doesn't really sound like alcohol regulations when there's a possession limit, but whatever. This is America 2023. Right. In Virginia, the hemp businesses are starting to see inspections and fines under these new laws that have been enacted, starting with the bill that we talked about in 2022, which prohibited THC products in shapes that are appealing to children or that mimic trademarked brands. Now, shapes appealing to children, couldn't that be any shape? Oh, it's a heart. Oh, it's a circle. Oh, it's a square. Kids love shapes. they It's something that they know confidently.
1: I think you would have to just switch over to the uh, Mousy Bear cock and boobs.
4: Oh, adult only. Mm-hmm. You're right. You Co- should...
1: Cocks and boobies only.
4: Value consultation for Virginia hemp retailers. Never gonna happen. <laughs> um, And then the latest one was this... Required ratio of 25 to 1 CBD to THC. Uh, yeah. I mean, that eliminates 99% of your products that you're selling as a gray market hemp vendor. Let's be real. So, the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services started conducting inspections last month, and at least seven businesses have received non compliance letters the ones that are compliant discussed in this article that they got rid of all of their products. You know, everything, they just had to wipe off all their shelves to have this 25 to one ratio mandate met.
1: That's so crazy. And
4: all the other businesses have left the state because you can't operate there and you can't sell the goods that were uh, granted unto us under the 2018 (laughs) farm bill. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's not helping that the DEA has stepped in and said, Yeah, well, we didn't mean for Delta 8 and Delta 10 to be legal. We still view those as Schedule 1. Right. Oh, is that THC in some way? Well, that's bad. Okay. Illegal, federally. And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from Indonesia where 11 acres with 21,000 plants ready for harvest were burnt to the ground wow. after being discovered by drones. I think it's very bad for our country. Yeah. Burnt and uprooted by 150 officers. Yeah, this was Shit. the the fifth mass destruction of pot plants this year in Indonesia, and it wasn't even the biggest because in March, they destroyed 106 acres that had 190,000 plants This just makes you sad How could you kill a plant On purpose Craziness You know, sometimes I might accidentally move my house plants outside And they wither and die Because I forget to bring them back in After I've cleaned the countertop they were sitting on Dang it And that makes me feel sad But these people go out with their machetes And they chop down farmers' hard work And then they burn the ground sick sick sad world
1: sick sad world
4: well that's all i wrote for notes tonight
1: hard to believe man hard to believe that's all you wrote for notes
4: yeah i know (laughs) for shame
1: (laughs) what are you doing uh no 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 we had it all dedicated to the recap uh that's just me stalling for time like an asshole i know because uh we have a brand spanking new metal moment sent in from our good friend Rev Cyber Trucker.
4: Yeah, Rev.
1: He's always trucking around the country and sending us metal moments and of course he wouldn't leave us out tonight. <laughs>
5: the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Rogu with this week's metal moment. For my all-time favorite unique metal voice, we have to turn to the O'Keefe Music Foundation. Now, if you've never heard of the O'Keefe Music Foundation, It's an organization that offers free music lessons, free music camps, free recording sessions, and free music videos to young musicians from around the world. And that's where I found my favorite unique metal voice, in the form of 10-year-old Zoe Franziska. Premiering on YouTube in December of 2022, this is the O'Keefe Music Foundation with Heretic Anthem.
0: Two, one.
2: I'm a ran, not dead yet. Tear down the Break down the
1: Whoa! Yeah, superpower. Hell
4: yeah! Ten. Ten years old. That's awesome. Incredible. Cool kid. Probably got cool parents.
1: Nice find, Rev.
4: Hell yeah!
1: Excelente. Uh, you can catch up with the Rev and follow him along on No Agenda Social. He is over there at Cybertrucker at com. Any of your favorite Mastodon servers. And uh, now, of course, we turn to the bowlers, the best and the brightest, who pick up their phones week after week, bowl after bowl, sometimes in the middle of the week, uh, sometimes on a Tuesday. Sorry, sometimes in the middle of the week. I'm not sure what the fuck sludge came out of my mouth there. Sometimes in the moon. Sometimes when they just realize it's Tuesday. Uh, Regardless, they pick up the phone, they dial 816-607-3663. And they play our little game. Our little game, uh, which we like to call...
2: First First time I ever.
1: First time I ever. It's the first time you ever did a thing, and the thing just changes week by week. We decided last week that this week... We were going to talk about the first time you ever went to an outdoor movie. And, uh, here's our first bowler now weighing in.
5: Hmm. Get all outdoor movie, you know? Yeah. Bring that food inside the vehicle. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sure. Uh, I remember doing it with the friend of mine? well, baby babysitter at the time, but like, yeah, like friend of the family, whatever, and, uh, going with my brother and, uh, it's the first time I remember it was like I think my brother and uh her son, our friend, and uh going to the going to the drive in sort of thing. And even back then the drive in felt like it was like kinda of worn down and Yeah. I think it still exists actually. I'd have to go look it up. But uh yeah. Um yeah, good time. Uh that might have even been back in the day when technically you pay like uh, I don't know if you paid for car per person, I don't remember. But it might have been like back in the day of paying for car versus or paying, paying per person. Uh, yeah, anyway, paying per car versus per person. But, or now it's person. But anyway, uh, yeah, always good times. Um, we just try to, I, I mean, I've gone recently-ish, last couple of years, and uh still fun. You know, never really buy any of their stuff because, I don't know, want real food. But uh, good times, just make sure that... Uh, Make sure that if uh, you got a weaker battery that you uh, start that car, at least during intermission or at some point kind of thing, just to make sure, because uh, I know I've had, I went to a, uh, well, my now wife and, and some friends had gone to the movie theater and ended up go together and jumped their car because it had died. Whoops. So, oh, nice. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, this was probably the first outdoor movie. But you can't, uh, remember, how, probably wasn't technically TV, but my mother and I had a little puff tent that uh, we'd camp in the backyard with and my dad would drag this little TV out there, like a little portable TV. It's funny to think about it nowadays, but like a little portable TV and just camp out in the backyard and watch something. So that was also outdoor. But, uh, yeah. So, um, actually, Disneyland right now, they have a really cool, uh, outdoor, uh, projection where they project it on the water that they're spraying out. That's pretty trippy. Oh, World interesting. Anyway. All right. Well, for Spencer, Damn DeLorean, I love you guys. Stay dangerous. Always and whether it's uh hot or it's cold, you know, get a time get some time to get splashed by some water, get some liquids. So stay hydrated, stay dangerous, and uh, you know, whether you're on a ride or you're off a ride, or you're just enjoying the ride of life, go give go give yourself and everybody around you a good old hearty caca.
1: caca. 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 Got a caca. He's in there cacawing with the best of them. You remember the first time? uh Oh, I did want to say, I I feel like it's always been per person, right? Well. I mean, I've like the trope of like sneaking people into the trunk (laughs) of a drive-in movie. Like you got extra people in the trunk and you're just paying for like a couple of people in the car and then everybody climbs out of the trunk once you get
2: parked. Yeah.
4: I've only ever heard of paying per car, but I'm also only hearing that from old people who went back in the day.
1: Well, I don't know.
4: I don't either because I've never been to a drive-in movie. Wow. But I have watched a movie outside.
1: Okay, let's hear it.
4: And I remember it fondly because it was in New Hampshire on one of my vacations (laughs) to go to Santa's Village. (laughs) Oh, how about that?
1: We tie it back into the Santa's Village. Yeah,
4: exactly. Okay. So uh, my great-grandparents used to take me to, they used to always stay at the Lantern Inn, which is directly across from Santa's Village. And it's a big, it's got a big RV park in the back where people can camp and stuff. And they do all sorts of things for the kids and the families that stay there. They have a big bonfire they do every night, and they have hay rides, and they've got little, you know, swings and stuff in the back. And one of the nights, they did a movie, where they just put up a, um, a screen, and which was really just a sheet, I think, and a projector. Yeah. And I was wrapping my head around trying to remember what movie it was. I really think it was Cats Don't Dance.
1: Never heard of it. It was
4: like a 97 cartoon. Okay. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Cats Don't Dance.
4: Yeah. I, that It just keeps popping in my head, so I've got to go with it. It must have been what they played. Okay. It must have been like ninety seven or ninety eight when I was out there. So a wee little me. <laughs> <clears throat> and that was that. Just sitting outside, they made they uh, you know, helped us make s'mores on the fire and it was a good old time. Someone had popcorn they passed around, and you just we just sat on hay bales.
1: Cats don't dance. I mean yeah. who can forget Scott Bacula's Riveting vocal performance as Danny.
4: Oh yeah, clearly. Right. Looking
1: this up and it's not ringing any bells for me at all.
4: (laughs) It's like about some cats in the 1930s, I think.
1: Cats don't dance. They do have the. uh, They've got your, what is that Art Deco font, on the title here on the poster, the little Gatsby font.
4: A classic tale.
1: Cats don't dance. Isn't that swell? (laughs) (laughs) oh don Knotts is in there though
4: yeah you know i guess i'll have to make you watch that one okay i don't remember it at all i
1: remain open-minded
4: other than just the way the kitties looked and the title of the film
1: yes well cats may not dance but this next color could probably cut a rug
4: uh
3: he gets me every time. But, uh, with the, uh, sorry, intro. I'm trying to read the chat room while I'm calling you, which is probably inappropriate. Totally inappropriate. Um, <laughs> what was the uh, question? It was uh, first time you ever went to, to an
1: outdoor movie. In an outdoor movie? That's right.
3: I, it's kind of um. I don't, I, there's ones that are put on by the like the. I live in a township, but technically it's a city because it's too fucking big to be a township, and the uh, yeah, city is retarded, well, and they don't want to get. Yeah, you know,
5: that's just township. like uh, um, your opinion, man. I've
3: never seen. I don't. I've never seen a outdoor movie like in that sense, where it's like, uh,
2: "Hey, we're showing Beauty and the Beast."
3: I'm. A big ass screen on stage. Is that a page how they announce, or, uh, outdoor got a movies? One now <laughs> that are kind of cool.
4: Hey. And I think wow,
3: that'd be cool.
4: We're outside. And I'm like, where the fuck would I use that?
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> like the first outdoor movies I went to uh, were at a drive-in. Uh, I know where the drive-in is. Was at it? Uh, I think there's a Home Depot on top of it right now. Hmm. Uh, and we traveled in my dad's 1967 Camaro to, uh, see the movie. Based. Um, it, uh, it was a black on black Camaro with black interior, which is, uh, hard and suck in, uh, the summertime and even in Michigan. Uh, so I remember my mom used to put like a, a blanket, like a comforter on the back seat so we wouldn't fry the shit out of ourselves. Smart. Um, I want to say that that a car did not have AC in it. And I think that was like the car that even though my dad had it for a while, cause he, uh, at one point stored it and then, uh, redid a lot of it. Cause it had, uh, I know he had driven it for in the winters for like seven or eight years here. And then finally decided that, Hey, it's kind of rusting all the shit. Uh, maybe I should start fixing parts of it. I uh, started driving a winter car, and I would drive that in the summertime uh, for a lot of years. I remember when he got rid of it, it was sad because uh, I wanted to go haul ass in that car. It was a fast little car. It was uh, it had a 327 with a three-speed uh, Muncie rock crusher transmission in it.
1: Ooh, he hit the wall. Hit the wall. That is a sweet ride, though.
3: Hell no yeah! Doubt.
1: Uh, here's the follow up.
3: Um, yeah. Where was I? God, I got screwed up. The it's, little car you know, is fast. I kept saying calling ball after ball, and then the phone was like, "What pliable location do you want?" With so apparently, there's a company called Pliable. Huh? I have a feeling <laughs> that's the plan word. Pliable. Anyway, uh, we would never ply your bowl. Yeah. So I have a feeling like the first... I know for a fact I saw Grease at a uh, a drive-in movie theater, which is kind of odd because it's uh, that movie's got a drive-in movie theater scene, so uh, we saw it at a drive-in, but I don't think that was the first movie I saw. It was probably a Disney film of some sort. And it's like I say, at a place that has a Home Depot on it now. Oh. Anyways. That end is a lot less dramatic than I want. In the bowl! <laughs> In the bowl.
1: Can't always uh, have them all dramatic. The transcription said, anyways, Candace a lot less dramatic than I want. <laughs>
4: hmm. Oh, that transcription bot. Keeping wee little humans like me working.
1: Yeah. Yeah? Um, what about I, can't, I-, I can't exactly zero in. Yeah. Because there were two outdoor movies I saw really closely to each other, though. I'm pretty sure that the drive-in was first. But also my buddy Josiah used to do like movie nights at his house, where he just projected on the side of his house. Nice. have some people over. I'm pretty sure technically is illegal.
4: <laughs> what? Which made
1: it more fun. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure. You have to have some fucking bullshit royalties to to screen a movie for the public, right? Oh,
4: cripes.
1: But, um, and he would. He would just invite, you know, whoever from school and shit.
4: It's a private residence, man. Yeah, well just some house guests.
1: Tell that to the Motion Picture Association of America. Did he
4: charge you an entry fee? Then I don't think it should count if it was just a free invite.
1: You wouldn't download the Hope Diamond.
4: Oh, but I might.
1: <laughs> Bitch, if I could right-click on the fucking Hope Diamond, bet your sweet ass I'd download that shit. Um, Yeah, that drive-in, though. The first time I went to a drive-in, I really remember... My parents talked about, oh, yeah, you used to clip on the speaker, right? You'd, like, roll down the window and clip a speaker on, and it was all piped in. The place that you parked for the drive-in had the little stations for the speakers, but they were no longer in operation. What you mm. would do is you would tune in to a certain radio frequency uh. and just play it through your car radio, the uh, audio, the necessary audio. I'm trying to remember the whole start your car thing, because Christopher Battles brought up another good point, that you kind of have to make sure that your battery doesn't poop out on you, as you're sitting there on accessory the whole time. Two movies, there was a double feature. So it was cars first, and then click Oh. The Adam Sandler movie? (laughs)
4: Yeah, the boring Adam Sandler movie. Cars
1: and Click. So I don't know. I guess they just wanted one word, C movies. We went for Cars. And And left for Click. Click kind of came with. No, you know, when you pay for it, you stay there. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. It was okay. I
4: mean, it's like PG, but it's not that exciting for kids. Especially after Cars.
1: Yeah. The premise is like, kind of a.
4: he wanders into a bbb store and have, finds that remote that messes up with time or something yeah
1: he can he basically gets a remote control for his life and so he can pause <laughs> rewind play fast forward although i think that he can't rewind
4: no. now that i'm thinking back I, I don't know i don't really remember it's There's not some very kind memorable of shit
1: some kind of shit there's a few okay scenes. Like the best scene in it is where he like pauses and then kicks the shit out of his boss while it's pause and then hits play again. Classic. But uh It felt
4: like Adam Sandler got cast into a hallmark film. Yeah. That's kinda how I remember You're it. Like,
1: okay, Adam Sandler. You've gotta do all PG friendly jokes. And he was like, okay, I will do one time that thing. <laughs>
4: There's got to be a poop or pee bit in there somewhere.
1: Oh, I'm sure there's poop and pee, but it's hey. like uh, kid-friendly poop and pee. Oopsie. Eh, something like Oopsie
4: that. Oopsie poopsie.
1: Something something really great.
4: <laughs> so great we remember it vividly.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can, yeah, definitely.
4: So the drive-in, huh? Or Josiah's.
1: Yeah, I'm well, pretty, pretty sure excellent. that it was the drive-in. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, it was a great time. I think it's still a fun experience to drive into a movie.
4: There's a few still around. Mm Mm-hmm. But a lot of them seem to play horror movies most of the time. Which, with, you know, four kids under six, and not really my what I'm going to go to. (laughs) I just don't
1: like it uh, in any scenario. The horror movie, I don't know. It's just not my thing.
4: Yeah, uh, trauma-based entertainment. What are you doing, oh. gay? What are you doing, gay?
1: Finally, Jesus Christ.
4: What are you doing, gay? There's a door right here.
1: That's what I say to the people going to horror movies.
4: <sighs> but the the double, a drive-in. The double feature things, when I drive by a drive-in, it seems like double feature is the way they do it, the way they play, and there's always one movie that I'm jazzed about and one movie that I'm, uh, about. Yeah. And then I just don't want to go. Oh. <laughs> Because yeah, too the,
1: much. The second movie that comes with isn't one you want to see. I think it rarely is anyway. I don't know. What are you going to do?
4: Sit there, I guess. Sit there and take it. You paid for it, for so it. you're
1: not going to leave. You know? You're know, yeah. you already in. You paid for it. That's it. You paid for it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to take it.
4: You're going to take it. You're going to eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Eat it. Yeah.
1: Mm. Anyway. Yeah, that's that's my voicemail box all the way through. That's all.
4: Oh. What the hell are we going to do next week?
1: We heard them all. We for just heard first them
4: all. times. Don't you keep the list
1: now? I can't be trusted I, with it. That's what happened. I r-
4: recall. I
1: had a long handwritten one, and then it just disappeared. And even though I still really haven't made a f- super earnest, strong effort to find it, I have kept my eye out for it, and I haven't seen it.
4: The bowl ate your list. It's
1: certainly not findable now because we're four-digit miles away.
4: Yeah, and a whole different other FEMA region. Right. Well, thanks to C-dubs, I have some suggestions. And also, uh, Tunta in the chat just suggested, first time I ever baked.
1: First time I ever baked? Okay.
4: C-dubs had suggested... um, First time I ever got waxed, I think. Oh, no. First time I ever Korean barbecued, he was really drowsed about. Oh, yeah. Um. First time I ever had an omelet. And that's all I've got so far.
2: <laughs> Ooh.
4: Because I'm taking first time I ever went to an outdoor movie off the list.
1: I like the omelet.
4: First time I ever had an omelet.
1: And uh, I like baked, too. I do, too. Had an omelette and then baked. Maybe let's line those up. All right. C-Dubs is trying to uh, deny that he ever suggested the first time he uh, ever being waxed. I
4: corrected myself. I said Korean barbecued.
1: Oh, Korean barbecue. Yeah. Not waxed.
4: Yeah. Just, you know. He was jazzed about the Korean barbecue f- F-tie. Same difference. No, the waxed was, I think C-Dubs was saying something in the chat, and then I inferred that one. Oh, okay. out of town. You'll never go for that one. I know, it's going to be on the list forever. Well, I, in order for me to pick an F-tie... you got to go get waxed. I have to have <laughs> a good
1: story regarding the first time I did it. and I have not been waxed.
4: Oh, okay, well, we can fix that.
1: Maybe someday. Yeah, okay, so the first time I ever... Fuck, I already forgot it. Had an omelet. Had an omelet, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, I, I got stories about omelets.
4: Do an omelet, dude.
1: Yeah, I've never done an omelet. I'd do one.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Fuck it. Eh, fuck it, dude.
2: Let's go bowling.
4: Yeah, let's go bowling. I heard the greatest love story, never told. Oh. Uh, On my deep dive for the magic number. How's that go? And it comes from Singapore, where... Um, a 49 year old officer by the name of Teo Hui Peng <laughs> was doing his job, Nailed you know, it. um, he got tipped off that there was a Chinese national who had overstayed her welcome in Singapore and, uh, also was prostituting herself out. Uh, so he went and got to know her as one does with prostitutes and, um, he thought, you know what, I can help her. I can help her stay in Singapore because obviously she doesn't want to go back to China. So he tipped off an informant about this prostitute um, and got her arrested, which sounds horrible, but by getting her arrested, she earned a special pass to stay in Singapore because now she had court proceedings to deal with. In which case she was able to turn into an informant and basically get out of
2: everything.
1: Oh, my God. However... Sneak-a-doodle-loo.
4: This whole story ended up getting out, and, you know, it, she had loaned him money at some point in time, which is rich. A prostitute loaning a, an officer some money. I love that. Um, she paid him 2200 doll hairs for his help in making her an informant with a special pass to stay longer. And, uh, as I said, it, they did eventually get fined out. Um, he was suspended and slapped with a $1,940 fine, which isn't bad since she paid him $2,200. Um, but then he was also sentenced to 33 months in jail, which is why this ah. came on my radar. Um, and the prostitute got 25 weeks in jail and an $8,800 fine, which is quite steep, I felt. Uh, that was based on her pleading guilty to three charges of corruption and one charge of offering sexual services online. Apparently a crime in Singapore. That's booty. That is booty. Oh. It's also bait. Oh, I thought that would go better. Yeah, I know. Greatest love story never told, except for on the bowl. <laughs> so, have you heard of the restaurant Italy?
1: Italy, no? It's a gourmet have.
4: Italian restaurant. I know there's one in Boston, and I think they have eight U.S. locations and eight overseas locations. Anyway, there's an area where they give out food samples. Um, and a New Hampshire couple was down there getting some samples at the Boston Eataly, uh, when the wife slipped on a piece of prosciutto that was on the floor and broke her ankle.
2: Oh.
1: Eatily going after your feetally.
4: Yeah. So uh, you know how medical bills are. Uh, they racked up. To like seventy five hundred dollars for her, Yes, indeed. And now, her and her husband are seeking a jury trial and at least fifty thousand dollars in damages Holy from shit. Italy, uh, claiming that the restaurant was negligent for not properly cleaning the floor. And she's also claiming a loss of consortium.
1: Slip and falls which- are such bullshit, man.
4: Which, but the loss of consortium, right? That to me suggests that uh, her busted ankle has impacted her intimacy with her husband since he's on this lawsuit. And then they make that claim. Your busted ankle didn't hurt our intimacy. (laughs) Well,
1: it's because you're not a foot guy.
4: It's the foot day jingle. Fair point. Fair point. I'm also not a guy. So, yeah, maybe this is uh, different. Yeah. That poor, beautiful foot.
1: If it's hidden deep inside of a cast, you know, it's kind of out of play.
4: Damn. Yeah, but your ankle didn't get casted.
1: I mean, it was hidden in a boot.
4: Yeah, oh yeah.
1: You don't need a cast when you get seven screws in it, so. Ugh. Kind of an internal cast.
4: <laughs> All I could think when I read this story was the, the pee-pee money. I slipped on the pee-pee.
1: I'm getting my pee-pee money.
4: Yeah.
1: Gave me $42,000.
4: R.I.P.P. Well, here's a weird one.
1: They've been normal up until now.
4: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so Massachusetts couple, they're up at night. You know, their kids are in bed asleep. They got two kids. And all of a sudden, they hear a bang in debris falling from their roof. And they think that maybe their house got struck by lightning. But the bang was so damn loud, they have to run upstairs and check on the kids. Kids are fast asleep. <gasps> to which I say, must be fucking nice. Right. Um. So they go outside to figure out what the hell just happened. And they find a big chunk of ice on the back deck. And they called the authorities, apparently. So they get there. Go up and inspect the roof, and there is a two-foot hole because a 20-pound brick of ice fell through their roof. And it's not hail. So their best guess is uh, some ice fell off an airplane. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hey, an
1: asteroid, big chunk of duty.
4: Yeah, huge chunk of ice. Wild,
1: wild and crazy kids.
4: Yeah, you know it's also wild and crazy. What? Getting into a hot air balloon.
1: <coughs> well, yeah,
4: yeah. The risk you take. Don't do it while you're 33. That would be my suggestion for sure. No doubt. Because uh, in one hot air balloon incident in New Mexico, five people got killed, and the final report of this has just come out from the National Transportation Safety Board, who obviously you can trust because National Transportation Safety.
1: Yeah, sounds trustworthy to me.
4: Yeah, and clearly effective since the incident happened in 2021 and two years later we have the final report. Right. Anyway, it showed that um, the pilot did not maintain enough clearance from power lines when trying to land. Oh, shit. So the balloon part and the basket part got separated by power lines, and uh, you can't live when you fall in a basket from very high in the air. Sadly, the headlines are running not necessarily that um, faux pas, but that the pilot had both cocaine and THC in his system. Wow! Which you know, you can't really.
0: Uh... Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. <laughs>
1: sure well, he's dead, with me, bro.
4: Well, he's dead. But well, you know, small I, price to pay for some cocaine
1: and all... THC, and you're just. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: Ah, your boy Jones, and what can I say?
4: It um was the deadliest balloon crash in New Mexican history, and the second deadliest in the United States since 2016 uh-oh yeah hot air balloons not on my bucket list that's for sure
1: oh i gotta do one one time
4: mm, go for it i'll stay on the ground
1: you're gonna wake up one day in the sky in that a hot air balloon piss
4: me the fuck off dude With
1: some kind of needle still stuck in your neck yeah <laughs> you're gonna be like what the fuck i'm gonna kill you yeah Uh, you would have to
4: inject the thc right into my system
1: (laughs) i've got a plan don't worry
4: oh gross that makes me want to puke
1: going to be years from now
4: you know just sitting at the top of the ferris wheel is too much for me
1: once like all the kids can be old enough to appreciate the humor
4: you just chloroform see. my ass. You'll see. And the kids are in on it. It's, no, I don't want to. It's okay. You just have to bring extras of the drug so that when I start raging out in the hot air balloon and actually putting us all in danger, you can just poke me again and no, I'll knock just, my ass I'll out. No, I'll just
1: put you on uh, one of those Hannibal Lecter things.
4: <laughs> <laughs> a dolly? Yeah. With a, mat, so can, a muzzle? I
1: and Just tip you over toward the edge so oh, you can have a good cool. view, but you can't... You can't harm yourself or anyone else.
4: Uh, no, except for b- just vomiting everywhere. Because that's how heights make me feel. It's it, a good, It'll
1: be a really good time.
4: I. It used to make me dizzy. Now I feel like I'm going to puke. It'd be it's one of those horrible. memories
1: that we'll cherish.
4: <laughs> Everyone but me will cherish, but I will never forget. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: the live stream technology is going to be really bamf.
4: I don't even like thinking about it. It makes me uncomfortable... I'm just imagining myself in the situation of being in a hot air balloon. I hate it. I hate it a lot. Ugh. I also hate fish falling from the sky. That sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so stupid because that's what caused a major power outage in New Jersey this week.
1: Oh my God. A fish
4: falling from the fucking sky.
1: How, uh...
4: Oh. Now, you know, a bird picked it up somewhere, probably an osprey, and then dropped the fish on a transformer, which cut power to 2,100 (laughs) customers. (laughs) Birds are assholes. They really are. Yeah, looking at you, osprey. Fucking sitting on the endangered species list, and all you're endangering is... Humans.
1: Not endangered enough.
4: <laughs> yeah, clearly. Trying to get
1: them Red Rider BB guns out.
4: <laughs> Getting too comfortable.
1: <laughs> Shooting them fuckers right out of the air, them and then their fish.
4: Yeah. Harifat could be onto something, though. Saying uh, it was government op, because birds aren't real.
1: Well, you know, if they're dropping fish out of the sky. You-
4: yeah. Something. It's <laughs> bullshit. It's clearly up and then down.
1: It's <laughs> bullshit, but I believe it. <laughs>
4: oh well i got a clip for this next story Uh oh and uh it might be bullshit but you might believe it but you also might not
0: my daughter was screaming she was like oh my god it's a it's a frog and i was like oh what she was like a frog camouflaged in her sealed package of spinach it was a what and moving. Amber Warwick from Southfield doesn't want to forever be known as the frog lady, so she's keeping her face out of this. But just her name is on it. I didn't eat the frog. This week, she was shopping at Meyer off Telegraph at 12 Mile, picking up a package of Earthbound Farms right, organic I can see spinach. I by hearing your voice. I didn't
5: see anything. It didn't Me feel too.
0: heavy or anything. I didn't feel anything wiggling. When she got it home, her daughter spotted it. Turns out it's a Pacific tree frog native to California. Amber immediately went back to Meyer with the spinach and frog in tow. We followed up with Meyer on Wednesday. They said the frog is actually alive and well and was relocated outside a new home by some of its team members. Well, I didn't want him to die. I didn't want him in my food. Amber got a full (laughs) refund, but she was hoping for a little something more for her inconvenience. On the package it says uh, three times washed or something like triple washed. I don't believe that it's washed because if it was they would have caught that a whole live frog they would have
4: caught that a whole live frog
1: this isn't the first time she's found something in her food
4: that is somebody's that's penis like that's exactly what i was thinking it's let it's, me see what it looked like this is the lane lady oh no this ain't no comparison <laughs> the Isn't penis it? beans lady yeah the turkey neck <laughs> jerk it was the turkey neck <laughs> but turkey she neck. called the fucking 911 because she thought it was penis i called the police oh i called the police this lady was just hoping for a little extra something something do you guys see that bringing a the frog and some spinach into the shop you know is my eyes deceiving me Perhaps. <laughs> Let me smell yo dicked
1: <laughs> S- <laughs> in the chat. Oh my god, I forgot about that shit. Uh
4: what's that smell like? <laughs> I can't well we're gonna get a whiff. Mm. Nose is stuffed.
1: Mm. A likely excuse.
4: Uh well you know, someone else might have been wondering, is my eyes deceiving me yeah. this week? Mm-hmm. Uh and that's a Boston couple. Uh who uh, are planning their dream wedding in Italy only to find that their golden retriever chewed up the groom's passport. Uh, You know, you you might
1: not know. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise.
4: Well, you know, there's a resolution here. uh, because
1: uh, can't go to Italy now
4: womp womp oh darn they're both very italian the bride and groom okay uh and their dog is a very good golden retriever this uh, you know they're just all good dogs even okay. if they chew up your passport don't you think dogs are just so cute okay especially golden retrievers
1: golden retrievers yeah just
4: golden boys all the ones
1: them. you pet and you got like 92 yeah. golden hairs on your hand right after you pet them
4: but you know like someone they always comes,
1: stink like shit
4: someone comes in to steal your bike and the dog just stands there wagging its tail rolling over to get belly rubs that's the, a good boy the
1: ultimate good boy
4: the ultimate good boy is, the is goodness, a golden retriever the goodest of boys and so this dog's name is chicken cutlet but they call it chicky for short what
1: the fuck that gets another it's pretty one.
4: fucked up <laughs> Guido's really live this way. <laughs> In a way, the passport and shoe toy was kind of payback for that name. You know, it yeah. kind of just comes full circle. Chicken cutlet, these nuts. Exactly. Give me that passport. Oh, you think you're going to leave me behind for two weeks to go to Italy? Fuck you. Uh-huh.
1: Their plants were absolutely foiled.
4: Yeah, but... The groom, he was freaking out, having a little dog-eat-my-passport moment. (laughs) And his bride-to-be was like, hey, no, there's no plan B. We're going to Italy. We're going to have this wedding. So she started making some serious fucking phone calls. She got in touch with a congressman's office, uh, Senator Ed Markey's office, and reached out to all of the media outlets. I mean, that's how we got this story, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh and then her oh, goal Jesus. was to get in touch with the State Department so that they could, you know, cut in line and get a passport to get to Italy this Friday. While
1: our guy is still over there doing hard labor oh, for weed.
4: Exactly. Mark Fogels. But
1: please get the dog ate the passport lady a new one.
4: Yeah. Well, they did. Of course they did. Yeah. Just yesterday. Okay. And on top of that, the groom says he will be buying a safe or filing cabinet to keep his important documents in from now on.
1: Yeah, Instead of uh, dipping it in bacon grease or whatever he did before. You
4: know, dropping it into the dog's toy basket. Yeah, you know. Oops. Whoops. Putting it right on the dog bed.
2: That's a dumb place to keep
4: bowls. It is. Oh, you ever put a library book in? into the drop box like to drop it off yeah yeah and did it have a swinging door on it or is I, it an open shoot
1: no uh, I've done both I think actually most of the ones though especially Kansas City Public Library that's the one I've done most recently and it's like uh, kind of like a mailbox the US mail you know you have the door that pulls towards you and then you put the books in and then you shut it oh yeah and then when you open it again you can't it's gone yeah Cause it's it dropped in there secure. So you can't like open it back up and reach your hand down, grab the shit or whatever, you know, it's tamper proof or tamper resistant. maybe Tamper
4: proof, but perhaps still dangerous.
1: Uh, maybe there's a the Florida on woman. What you drop in there.
4: Who thinks maybe, uh, where you drop off the books should just be an open shoot because here's what happened to oh, her the no. other day. So she's been going to the library for well over 30 years. I mean, she's a grandmother. Good for she her. She takes her grandkids. She should be proud. She was dropping off a book, and the me- this one was a thin chute with a metal door that flaps back and forth when you push the book in. Okay. Well, she pushed the book in, and then realized her hand was stuck in the door, right? The flappy thing. Okay. And so she pulled and pulled and pulled her hand, and... Somehow, that little swinging metal door severed her middle finger uh, and hit an artery. So when she pulled her hand back, there was blood squirting everywhere. Oh. She managed to stay calm and have library staff retrieve her finger part. It got cut like, right above the knuckle, if okay. you care for the details.
1: That's yeah, <laughs> lovely.
4: And... She went to the hospital, but sadly they couldn't reattach her fingertip because, uh, well, it had um, severed multiple nerve endings. Oh, no. And to make matters worse, because (laughs) it was cut diagonally, the surgeon told her, which I don't know if I believe this, but the surgeon said that skin needs to be cut straight to grow back over properly, so they actually had to chop more of her finger off. Sounds
1: homophobic to me.
4: Yeah, no diagonals allowed, and so um, what's got to be straight? You know, this is
1: twenty twenty three.
4: The good part of the story is she still has two thirds of her finger. (laughs) At least there's that, right? So
1: she'll still be able to navigate Florida traffic.
4: Um, But I think she was kind of hoping for some money in a lawsuit uh, you think? as I would be. Yeah. Um but it seems like this case falls under sovereign immunity since it's a county library which means it's government owned which means you know you're kind of just fucked.
1: Can't sue the sheriff he's like the highest in the land, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
1: You can do whatever you want as sheriff. Like the only thing that can happen to you is you get kicked out of office.
4: <sighs> I think her best bet is to just go with um you know, some value for value <laughs> donation. She should requests. do a
1: GoFundMe. You know, yeah,
4: she has one.
1: If she uh, would have got it severed, maybe a little bit lower. No one cares about a fingertip. You know, it's just like one less nail to clip at that point. She'll
4: never have a nail growing on that finger yeah, ever You
1: again. can you can still flip people off, but you just don't clip. You don't trim the nail.
4: She said she can't pick up her grandkids anymore. I think that should just be temporary, right? She's
1: just still probably healing. Yeah. Probably hurts.
4: I bet. This is not an experience I want to go through. Well, you don't ever. need to
1: give your grandkids ice cream every single fucking night. Mm. Just saying, grandparents. Like, every single fucking night.
4: and baking cookies. What's up with that? Too every much.
1: single night. <laughs> like, some nights just maybe skip it.
4: Just Some
1: christ almighty
4: you just don't know how to say no to the ice cream
1: just gets worked into how (laughs) like now it's uh, like expected like wait where was my ice cream today what like what the fuck
4: where are you going with this
1: too much ice cream
4: Uh, no such thing should
1: be a treat it should be like oh wow today we got ice cream that was cool
4: Whatever, dude. Bitches love ice cream. Every
1: motherfucking day. It's just not any special anymore. It's not even special.
4: It's always special. It's not
1: even special ice every cream? single day.
4: There's so many different flavors, a different flavor every day. Whatever, dude. I don't know what your trip is, anti-ice cream just man. Just too much ice cream. Come that's on, long. your grandparents. That's already a special occasion. Celebrate hanging out with your grandparents with a little ice cream.
1: <laughs> every single night. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know.
4: Every single night for, you know... How many nights are you with your grandparents? I was raised by great-grandparents. Uh,
1: probably ate a lot of I fucking ice cream. I ate a lot of, cream, of fucking huh? ice cream. Yeah.
4: And I look damn good.
1: This is my surprised face.
4: Because bitches love ice cream. Bitches do. And I was fueled with <laughs> happiness in the form of ice cream.
1: Defend their ice cream, at all turns.
4: Yes. Ooh. This is... The hill i will die on i can the one that's ice cream whenever you want you need ice cream you get ice cream this is me backing off (laughs) Uh, well this is me trying to erase the dna with mountain dew you ever thought of that one
1: uh i had a dream about it once
4: nice so this is also in florida and a cop was driving down the street and someone flagged him down said hey look that house is on fire So they got who they needed in there, extinguished the fire, and found a 79-year-old man lying on the floor, dead as fuck, (laughs) with blunt trauma to the back of the head and multiple stab wounds to his torso. Oh, God. Uh, His blood was found in a roommate's closet also. Mm. So things are looking pretty suspicious. (laughs) The roommate is a 35-year-old woman. And authorities found her at 3.30 in the morning at a restaurant with no shoes on and blood on the side of her leg.
1: Okay, looking uh, worse.
4: Yeah, she was also holding a knife and hammer when they got there and just dropped them when she saw the cops. So That was smart, at least. She didn't get shot. It sounded like they didn't even have to say, hey, put the weapons down. It's like they just rolled up and she was like, oh, shit, it's the schnapps. Drop the hammer and the knife.
1: You got to cheese it.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, So they start talking to her, and uh, she can't keep a straight story. She said she's homeless. She said she didn't know the guy. Then... She kind of like went back on all of that. She said she was never holding a knife and hammer, which obviously they have body cam footage of her holding them. <laughs> and so, the, you know, how would these interrogations go? They'll try to keep you forever to rewrite your story a bajillion times. They love that shit. They yeah. thrive off of it. Yeah. And That's so they're the fun like, part for them. hey, are you thirsty? And she's like, yeah, I could do a soda. Uh, what kind? Oh, a Diet Mountain Dew. Okay. Cop goes and gets her the Diet Mountain Dew. Um, she can't, you know, give them what they want. Just saying, yeah, I, I stabbed him, I'm guilty. And so they're like, well, you know, uh, we're going to have to collect your DNA since he won't admit that you killed your roommate. And so she covered herself in the Mountain Dew instead of drinking it. That was like her plan when she asked for the Mountain Dew.
2: So
1: hot.
4: Yeah, but unfortunately for her... Her DNA was found on the handle of that bloody knife. <laughs> so, you know, the Mountain didn't work. didn't work. Yeah. But I think it was worth a shot.
1: I mean, at that point, what do you have to lose? You're already screwed.
4: You were already talking to the cops. You already fucked up, you know, it immediately. You already stabbed
1: somebody to death and hit him with a hammer. Whether guess, you too. did
4: or didn't, I want my attorney. I won't answer questions. That's how this goes. Yeah,
2: well.
1: Yeah, and that too.
4: Don't talk to the cops. They're assholes. You know? that False confessions. Dude, it's gross. They're, they're gross. <laughs> they tucker out little kids and make them say shit that, just because they're tired of being there.
1: There's this phrase. Uh, it's a very old one. It's called being caught red-handed. The red refers to blood being on your hands. Yeah, and shirt. At the, at the time of being caught.
4: And pants. Yeah. I know, it was a bad look. <laughs> the Mountain Dew was worth a shot.
1: It all looks very suspicious, let's say.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what else is suspicious? What? Going out into a sunflower field with a camera. I mean, come on, you know what you're going to do. Uh, yeah, I am shooting nudes. Take off all your clothes and get some pictures, right? That's just what you do. Correct. Well, there was one sunflower farm... That decided to gain international attention by posting no public nudity signs, friggin' everywhere. Because oh, they're a family establishment, and you know, even though there's fifty acres of sunflowers, yeah, there's clearly nowhere that you could just drop a trowel and fucking take pictures without kids seeing you. Even though, hey, let me mention this: this farm is in England. And public nudity is not even illegal there. They're just prudes.
1: Wankers.
4: Total wankers. How lame is that?
1: All the way lame. If
4: I had a sunflower farm, I would be overjoyed that people are taking their nudes there. I think, wow, that's so tasteful and fun. Isn't
1: that like 60% of the reason you even start a sunflower farm? My
4: sunflowers bring joy to everyone. They make people so happy they want to take their clothes off and celebrate life. That's awesome.
1: Makes nothing but sense.
4: Yeah. But anyways, two million sunflowers, and they think people can't find a good spot to take their clothes off and not be seen. They must think we're idiots. Well, it Makes me want to grow some of my own sunflowers.
1: Still got to get caught, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, just don't get caught. Exactly. Bingo. Boom shakalaka. They're closed for the season anyway. So fuck them Yeah fuck them Wait till they forget And try again next year
1: Goddamn redcoats That's <laughs> why we hit them With fucking rocks hidden in snowballs In the first place right Traitors down, Right down the street here
4: Bastards
1: Stupid sons of bitches
2: Still
4: <sighs> bound to a king
1: King King this dick Well bowlers Seems like that's another one In the books Next time that, uh, you hear our voices, our soothing voices, we'll be back in the bowl where we belong. Yay! That'll be nice. That'll be a relief. Although it's been a very fantastic, fun, exciting, uh, trip. It's been wonderful. The one for the history books. But you know that we're gonna feel, uh, right at home getting back home. And hey, all of my uh, Node troubleshooting will have been Done by then We'll be back in the saddle And uh, we'll be coming at you Fast and furiously With uh, Bull After Bull episode 265 by then But you know through it all I will still be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City
4: And I am Ready for my royal dicking. I'm Dame Delorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter.
3: Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Wikipedia says weed is still illegal.
0: It's fucking bullshit, man. We're stoned.
3: Clothing is optional, but pot is not.
0: Well, I've often thought that he maybe is a little autistic.
3: Ooh, slips it in. Recalcitrant Boomer.
0: So good.
2: Oh, shit, yes. Oh, shit, yes. She is stoned.
4: What's going on? And I want a non-gay explanation.
5: The truth, that can be a drug. And then, remember, there was like those beads that you had to go through? Uh-
0: That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl.
5: Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.
0: Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl.com.